Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, let me explain. It's really, really simple. Me, the guest, or both of us in this case, are experiencing something for the first time. It can be a movie, TV show, literally anything you can experience, and we're going to talk about it. So today, my guest is my friend Brett Royer. He's an author of books such as Iowa Grindhouse and Malice at the Mississippi River. He's a filmmaker and a co-host of the Brett and Tony podcast featuring Abe and Ashlyn. And uh, you're here today for the first time, and uh, it's it's been a long time in the making. How's it going? Good, Dad. How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, we were just talking right before we recorded like about how somehow our paths have never crossed, and I've known like everybody in your world and you've yeah. known everybody in my world somehow it took a long time for us to finally connect and uh it feels like an old friend that i've known forever but uh <laughs> we haven't known each other that long no we've got a lot of mutual friends though <laughs> yeah i mean just uh i remember like speaking of your past and stuff i you were like one of the first people in that i knew in general but uh definitely in burlington that had a podcast and you guys had like a YouTube channel. You guys had you that where you did like sketch comedy stuff and, yep, and uh, short movies and all kinds of stuff. What was that called? I forget. Uh, new genre-ish. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I remember like uh, when I took over for the film festival, I was uh, telling our group, I'm like, there's a there's a group of movie lovers here in town that do podcasts and they make little films and stuff and uh, they do some really cool stuff. You know, we need to get them involved. And I finally convinced you and Tony to submit a film to the film festival. And that's sort of where we actually finally formally first met. And yeah. then, uh, since then you've always supported the Capitol and you've always supported the film festival and, and, uh, my other podcast ventures. So, um, just stoked to finally have you here. Yeah. I'm stoked to actually have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the past couple of years I've known you, uh, but we've been like friendly, uh, instead of like friends. So this is nice. I like this. <laughs> Me too. And um, it's, it's like the first uh, for the first time podcast. We get to have uh, our first time conversation. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, like I said, um, I've known like your friends, Justin and Abe. Um, I met them back in high school. Um, we didn't even go to the same high school, but somehow through mutual friends and they were into bands and the same music and stuff that I was. And they would come over and we would have these like I... I sort of have the same setup that I have now, but it was at my mom's house yeah. and um, she had this house. She still has the house obviously, but um, I lived in the basement and it had its own separate entrance and we had a huge futon and a couch and uh, recliners and, and a big screen TV and stuff. And I would just pack the room with like, you know, a dozen people and we'd have movie nights. <laughs> and I remember, you know, that's where a lot of people discovered Donnie Darko. And that's sort of where this all started. I would bring these people over and like, you got to see these movies. And yep. At the time, it was like, you know, to me, they were mind blowing movies, you know, man, like I'm going to blow everyone's head off with Donnie Darko, yep. you know, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I just remember, you know, that sounds perfect, by the way. I wish you uh, would have, we would have known each other and I would have got invited to those nights. <laughs> well, how, how long ago, like, did you have you been friends with those guys forever? Because I, I, the same I, thing with Tony, like, I, I didn't know you or I've, Tony. I've actually known Tony since uh, first grade. Okay. Uh, and then, because uh, I was friends with his brother, uh, so I'd come over and play and, and uh, hang out with Tony too. And then, uh, 
uh, yeah, Justin, Justin, and uh, and Abe. I met them in art class in high school. <laughs> okay, that yep. makes sense. And, and we got to talk about movies, bands. Uh, I talked uh, Justin into going to a music festival one year uh, during the summertime. Uh, Cornerstone. I don't know yep. if you ever went to oh that yeah, one. I yep. didn't go, but I know I know exactly what it is. I had a lot of friends who were diehards. <laughs> Yeah, so. it, it's sort of crazy because like I I don't even remember how, but I I met those guys and you know they all had bands with my friends and vice versa, and it just was this huge crew of people that would. Well, we, see, and I used to be in bands back in the day, back in high school too. Okay, I, I was always playing in bands back. In yeah, the, yeah, and playing shows and shit. So. And somehow our our <laughs> paths didn't cross until we were adults, but um, it just sort of blows my mind to think like how how many similarities we have and how much of the same taste in everything music movies everything that we any, have anytime i see you post anything on facebook i'm like oh god he's got good taste <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, so <laughs> i love the shit he loves <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm just stoked to have you on here and and sort of reminisce and stuff and um like i said i, I knew justin probably first and justin and abe definitely and then i actually think i met tony through my friend noah Yep. who worked with him and that's how was, i met noah is through tony <laughs> yeah yeah and he used to always tell me you know i got this friend tony you got to meet him you know he's big in the movies and he's made movies and he's he's a writer and, and he's a big uh, old goofball <laughs> yeah and he's hilarious and you know of course we finally met and uh he's one of those guys that everybody loves he's just so oh, yeah. damn funny and, and he makes an impression <laughs> oh absolutely yeah he's not he's not shy at all nope. um <laughs> But how how did you sort of get into writing? Like you have several books that are out. Like you can go to the bookstore, which I did, and buy one of your <laughs> yeah, books. Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> and and you're always down there signing stuff. But like what? How did? When did that start? Uh, the first thing I remember writing was in '93. Uh, uh, it was Jurassic Park two. <laughs> yeah, you wrote your own like specs sequel to Jurassic Park. <laughs> wrote tried to write tried to write a book. Uh, it's I wish I had it still. Looking back on it, it it was a piece of shit, but it'd be so fun to just read back on that. But uh, ever since then, uh, I've just been writing a lot, filling up notebooks. <laughs> That's cool. Like I, it makes me think of um, what's his name? Not Tommy, but. Um, from uh, now i'm drawing a blank from uh the room but he yeah. he's been here like twice uh greg greg sestero yeah he wrote a sequel to home alone before home alone 2 came out did he yeah <laughs> that's awesome and that's like his first like thing in movies was like i'm gonna write a sequel to home alone and he sent it to like macaulay culkin's like you could send like fan mail to him or whatever yeah. and then you know years later he was on macaulay's podcast telling him like i wrote a sequel and he, he still had like the oh. drawings and stuff but um that's yeah, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> but like, I mean, you you don't just write horror, right? I mean, you write no. other stuff. Nope, I write uh, dramas. Uh, I usually don't do comedies, uh, but uh, you keep the comedy to your film stuff because you have a lot yeah, of funny yeah, short and, films. And usually, I only do comedy with Tony because Tony. I mean, Tony's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a real fun guy. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and then, uh, there was a uh, there was also the first movie that I ever wrote was back in third grade also, and it was a movie called Fastest Counts, uh, and it was uh, it was about these third grade uh cops yeah yeah basically <laughs> and they were like undercover at a little league uh like a like a little league tournament kind of thing yeah yeah it was weird <laughs> i remember when i was in like first second third grade elementary school mm. i would draw fake disney posters and my <laughs> teachers would be like you're a really good artist and i was like you know of course when you're a kid like 
you don't say like I'm gonna be a graphic designer at something. You're like you shoot for the top as yeah. your kid. You're like I'm gonna you know it's like I'm interested in space. I'm gonna be an astronaut. Like yeah. not like I could you know, I'm gonna work in in uh, NASA or anything. It's like I'm just gonna be an astronaut. But I was like I'm gonna be a poster designer for for, for movie poster for Disney because I love that stuff. And uh, you know I did end up gra- growing up being a, a graphic designer. Still don't work at Disney yet, but uh, but you do do the posters down at the Capitol. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you know it sort of is a much smaller scale, but. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, back in high school, I was going to be Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so but, but at least I get to make short films and uh, write books now. So I was going to say, you went, you're went. talking about your early stuff in the 90s. How did that transition into like actually getting books made? Because like, it's, it, it's a process to go from sketching in a notebook. There's so many people I know who write, but um, I don't have many friends who have physical books you can just buy, which is really cool. Uh, it was it was mainly just a personal goal, probably like three years ago, three okay. or four years. Ago. It started uh, like 2017 because I was really hitting the I was really hitting the movies, trying to trying to hit the movies and the screenplays and sending them in to to competitions and companies and stuff before that. But then uh, right around about 2017, uh, I just moved into a new house and uh, we were taking a the first year uh, before we started fixing anything up. We just took the first year off and uh, I just wrote more than usual basically yeah uh and uh i ended up writing like that year 2017 alone i wrote like three or four books uh i've only got two out but uh yeah i just decided to hit it hard i was like i want to be a published author uh you know Uh, i want to have something uh, something physical like you said out there for people to uh, enjoy entertain i guess hopefully well i know (laughs) yeah and i i think it's just really like Sort of, I have so many people on here, and uh, I see like a similar theme across so many of my friends. Is like they're just always busy in making things. Like um, yeah. I had my friend Genius from Kansas City on uh, last week's episode, and you know, yeah, listen to it. It was awesome. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, you know, he, he's always hosting movies. He's got two podcasts. He's got two things. You know, Jason is in two bands, hosts a podcast. It's like, is there something, some kind of gene within us, like? We're always busy, you know, it's like without, you know, the film festival this year, I had this void to fill. So I started this podcast, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm just finding, always finding things to do. And it's like, you're the same way, you know, um, if you're not making a movie, you're writing a book. If you're not writing a book, you're writing your next movie, you yeah. know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're a parent and, you know, you have, uh, we all have everyday lives. Like this isn't um, the way we, we take care of ourselves. It's not the, the way we make money. Nope. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, we we live a normal nine to five life and then do these things too. But you know, I, I'd miss seeing like I would go out. You know, almost on every Thursday night when a new blockbuster movie came out, I'd go out oh. to the mall and I'd see you and Tony uh, almost every Thursday. And it's like, oh hey guys, you know, yep. excited to see this one. <laughs> and I it's just been like it just stopped one Thursday in March, and uh, we actually saw I think the hunt um, on. Thursday the 12th of March before like the theaters shut down that was the last thing I saw until you know they've reopened but well you probably didn't because you were working working the Capitol that night so you probably didn't get to see it but the next night on the Friday the 13th was part three yeah. uh, down there at the Capitol uh, that was the last movie I saw on the big screen until your birthday a couple months ago okay <laughs> yeah that was that was the actual oh. like last last thing I I did see but this uh you know, the last going to like the the chain theater and seeing a blockbuster yeah. was the hunt, and it's just like I don't even remember what my last one at the chain theater would have been. Oh my gosh, maybe underwater. 
Yeah, that was know. January or February, January, maybe. February? It, yeah, it's weird to think that was like a year ago because it seems like so much longer ago. It's been a crazy year, but um, have you been out to the theater since the chain one? Uh, yeah, we saw Freaky with Vince Vaughn. Oh, that was a good movie. That, I love that. Yeah, that was a lot of we, fun. We rented it at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I haven't. There's nothing that's gotten me out there again just because of the way that they're distributing movies now. It's like even with that one, you know, it came out three weeks after it hit theaters. It came yep. to home, so it's really tough to. But but then again, you know, I I obviously am a big uh, supporter of theater, and and it'd be funny when I see people out at the mall theater and they're like, "You traitor!" and I'm like. Dude, like theaters are theaters. Theaters like, are theaters, right. man. Like you know, I support big, small, everything. Yeah. You know, it's it, I love, I just love and miss that experience of. Um, that's what it is, that experience. I miss that experience of going to the theaters. Yeah, and, seeing and, it and with seeing, other people yeah. and um, seeing I, seeing a really good movie with a theater full of people and everybody's digging it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people like to dog on, you know, like the huge summer blockbusters, the the Marvel movies or DC movies or whatever. And it's like, oh, don't dog on that shit. Right, that's the, all, that shit's awesome. The, <laughs> the shared experience of going and like seeing Endgame, like that mm-hmm. was, you know, just wild. Like I remember it goes all the way back to like, I mean, I remember going to see the Matrix sequels at midnight, back mm-hmm. when it had to be midnight releases. And I remember going to the mall so with my not. friends. Yeah. <laughs> How did we not run into each other? We probably we were probably sitting, you know, right across the theater from each other. But I remember sitting in the food court and it was like, I mean, the mall's still open. We, we were like, you know, you would go out and you'd sort of um, watch to make sure when the line would start to gather. And then you didn't you didn't want to be the first in line and, and sit out there for no reason. But you didn't want to be last in line. So we would wait for other people to show up. But I remember distinctly like in my head i think the matrix reloaded it was the second one and that was like one that stuck out to me because maybe it was the first midnight showing i went to but like me and my friends were in the food court and we we're having like chinese or pizza or something yeah. and this we saw these this group of guys walk by in like trench coats and the like neo sunglasses and i was like we better I, get to the line yeah i was like oh they're, they're here we better head out we you know, know where they're going yeah so um you know, just even then, of course, the Harry Potter movies. And I think of all the, you know, experiences of seeing movies with people that I miss. And that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't replace at home. It's, no. it's it's comfortable. But also another thing with me is like, I'll admit my attention span is actually pretty awful. So I liked going to theater and I would turn my phone off, put it in my pocket. Yeah. And I was completely focused on that. I had no excuse. I didn't have my laptop. I didn't have my phone. Nope. I didn't have, I couldn't go up, get up and get snacks. It was like, yep. And that pause button is real easy to hit. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely is. And, um, you know, in, it's, in a theater, I mean, you can't pause it. So if you have to pee, you're going to hold it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm not the kind of person to get up. So I would make no. sure, you know, <laughs> bladder's empty before it starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my snacks. Like, I don't want to be that guy that step that stands up and walks in front of people. <laughs> but um yeah i mean the shared experience is just something you can't replace and i think you know people seem to think this is like the end of theaters and no. you know they're on their way out before and stuff but there will always be an audience for it um you know i mean you think about like the capital you know we were never playing first run movies we we're always playing you know old retro movies and people still came out so that tells you something like those movies are all available at home yeah you know and and just as long as we can get past oh, this shit. and uh I'll, there's been quite a few movies that i've gone down to the capitol uh and watched like i like uh, last march when i went to see the third uh friday 13th i yeah. own all the friday 13th movies <laughs> you know i went to ferris bueller one time down there i own ferris bueller right, right. <laughs> and i think it's it once again takes sort of a certain kind of person like that truly loves film and movies to 
make that a thing. And that's why I think it's sort of special when you're seeing a movie down there with, with people. And that's not a knock on like chain theaters. Cause no. it's, it's a huge, awesome experience to see a premiere out there. But, um, when you're sitting in a room watching like like Friday Thirteenth Part Three in 3D with a group of people, mm-hmm. um, they're they made an effort to go see this old movie that they could see at home, but they they wanted to come see it in a theater with people, and we try to make an experience. And you know there are other fans that are there, yep. and they know they've seen the movie a hundred times. Um, there were a few people probably that have seen it for the, or seen it for the first time, but someone probably dragged them there. Yep. That's like you gotta <laughs> see this. So it's uh, you know just such a unique thing and. Um, I truly do miss it. And that's what I sort of am trying to replicate here is like with a podcast, at least I miss like showing people movies. Like, you know, one of my favorite things, like you came down to the, the birthday thing is like, Oh, that was uh, awesome. Like a lot of, a lot of people don't like, I try to pick movies that almost no one has seen. And so they can see it and be like, Holy shit, that was crazy, you know. And I love that experience of being like, what was that first one that you showed this past year? Uh, House, House or yeah, House. Oh my God. Yeah, I've never even heard of that movie. Yeah. That movie blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like that kind of stuff, you know. Um, it, it's tough to find like stuff that still. At, at one point, this girl was getting like eaten by a piano. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, that movie was insane. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some some crazy shit in that one, and you know, I, the the first year I did it. Um, I did, um, what was it? Miami connection and troll two. And that was uh-huh. like, like Miami connection is always my, like when I find out people haven't seen that, it's mm-hmm. always, uh, have you seen Miami connection? Nope. Oh man, <laughs> you'll have to come back, which we, we talked about, you know, 10 different topics about coming on here and I have a feeling you're going to be a recurring guest. Well, that's cool. With me. Um, cause we have a lot of, you have stuff that I haven't seen, obviously a lot of great stuff that you suggested. And then you even brought ideas um, and then we came on to a, um, subject that we both agreed upon that neither of us had seen and yep. it was on both of our lists. Um, so but you, you know, and I've wanted to sit, oh, I guess you haven't even announced what it is. Yet. Well, they're reading, <laughs> if they're reading, you know, a lot of people do just, you know, if they're reading the, the topic right on, um, wherever you listen to this, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, um, you already know what it is, but I'll just go ahead and say that um, we're going to talk about the movie Fire in the Sky. How does it think? What makes it move? Why does it breathe? Questions anyone would ask about a man if they'd never seen one before. So for five days, a man was borrowed. The story that Travis Walton and five other witnesses told was so unbelievable, so unimaginable, that it has become the most famous case of UFO abduction ever reported. Okay, so um, this is one that actually has not been on my list for a very long time. Um, I just sort of became aware of it maybe in the last year because one of my friends um, posted, like, was on Facebook when you can do the thing, like, activity, and it was, like, currently watching Fire in the Sky, and I was like, what's that? Clicked on it, and because I saw people in the comments were like, that movie freaked me out as a kid, and, um, 
you know, typically it is made the nineties. So it was like, you know, my generation, I was in elementary school in the nineties and, you know, I have so many friends who were like, Chucky scared me so much as a kid and Chucky didn't, I always thought Chucky was funny. Yeah. There was stuff that, that freaked me out as a kid. Um, but Chucky was not one of them, but UFOs always freaked me out. Like oh, my parents, sure. my parents <laughs> watched unsolved mysteries and, yep. um, America's most wanted and cops a lot. And for some reason, um, Unsolved Mysteries, when they did the Supernatural and the UFO episodes, always freaked me out. Those were the best episodes. Yeah. Uh, and I do like, because they, have you watched the the little redo, the little reboot that they're doing on Netflix yeah. of yep. Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, you liking it? I thought it was okay. I missed it's, the reenactments at some points. Yes. But yeah. It's, it's got a different feel to it. I, I've been digging it, but it's got a different feel to it. And man, they've got like one alien story so far in two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, and to be honest, that alien one on the new season was like my least favorite out of them yeah. for some reason. Um, it, it definitely the French one or was that a different one? I think it was. I don't remember. I think actually, I think you're right. But it just it, now it feels more like they felt they're leaning on the true crime thing. Yeah, and that's and so that's, popular right that's now. So popular, and right I get now. it. But it's like. We have so much of that. That's what was great about Unsolved Mysteries is one week you could have Ghost Girl. One week you'd have, you know, an, an old, um, like, war story of someone missing their relative. An old yep. love that, you know, they lost. Uh, or a sister that was separated at birth. And then the next week you have UFOs all over the place. And I love that. And um, if you... I, I probably should be sponsored by them. But if you don't have Pluto TV, they have a whole um, Robert Stack Unsolved Mystery channel. Nice. And it loops at 24-7. <laughs> and... Uh, it's and I think it's all on Prime now too. But um, Fire in the Sky is actually for free on Prime. Yep. If you're listening to this uh, when I drop it, it's free on there. But um, you had never seen this. Like, did you just see this on the list and you're like, had you heard of this before? Like, uh, what? I have heard of this before. Uh, I was thinking. I don't remember specifically where I've heard of it, but it's been within the last like year or two. Uh, and it was on a podcast that I heard about it, but I don't know which podcast it was. I was thinking it was Attack of the Killer podcast, maybe, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Someone might have brought it up on like what we watched or something. I feel like it was either that or it was Joe Lynch on the movie Crip talking about it. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> so, uh, and talking about how crazy the uh, the or how cool the ending is, basically. Yeah, and I I don't know how it was never on my radar, but like I said, a lot of my friends were like, "This freaked me out as a kid." Um, even talking to my friend Brian, who used to be on Attack the Killer podcast mm -hmm. uh, just a few days ago, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about this, and he's like, that freaked the fuck out of me as a kid, and um, I'm glad I probably, I'm, I'm probably glad I didn't see this as a kid, but like, what is your, like, one, do you, do you believe in aliens? Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and what is like your, like, background in, um, like, what are your, I don't know, your history with uh alien with life. aliens yeah <laughs> like like in my like growing up i was absolutely fascinated with cryptozoology like i thought um loch ness monster bigfoot and uh aliens i absolutely do believe in aliens oh the other God, two yes. i'm skeptical on but to me and and this could be a whole deep different conversation that i don't know how deep in the rabbit hole we want to get but to me <laughs> like the idea that people go to church and there's they believe in a god but they won't believe that there's other life forms out in the universe the universe is infinite and there has to me it's just like yeah there is something out there whether i, I don't necessarily think it's a green or brown man with big bulbous eyes <laughs> and you know a little mouth or something but um 
I mean, they could be in this room and our eyes can't detect them or something. I mean, there's there's got to it's just too bleak for me to not think there's got to be something out there. I mean, you're taking the words right out of my mouth, man. Uh, I uh, it, it it blows my mind that uh, and I'm not trying to sound like a, like I'm not like a Scientologist or anything like that. Yeah. But like I would way more believe in aliens than God. I don't know. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I agree with that. I'll like, go ahead and say it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I but that's what I was saying is like you know it, it blows my mind that people are so quick and and I don't think it's necessarily like. A bad thing. I I'm not a religious person. I'm a very um, open uh, atheist, but I also know some people who are very religious, and um, it's helped them get through a lot of things. Oh, and yeah. you know, it's it's a lot of what they um, base their life on and stuff. And there's nothing to me wrong with that. Um, you know, if that's different strokes for different folks, man. Like <laughs> you know, if that's I, I know some people who you know have been um, turned their lives around with religion and stuff, and yep. you know it's been great for them, and they have a family there, and it's like you know, and then I have people who are friends who are more spiritual, and I have friends who are religious but don't believe in organized religion. They believe yep. in a god, but they don't go to church, and they don't believe that you know we should follow the Bible, but they believe that they like to believe that there's an afterlife or that. But to me, it's like. It, it just the I just idea. Can't, I just can't picture the idea of an afterlife. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the same way too, though. Like, you know, I, yeah, it's it's uh, too. I mean, I, I'm very much like I, I believe in science, and um, you can believe in science and be religious too. I know several people who are, but to me, it's like um, until I see any glimmer of evidence or or uh, you know any proof at all, I'm I'm very skeptic. But you know, we're here talking about how we believe in aliens too. And, you know, but, um, you know, I think it's just too, like, there's too many, it's just too, the, the, the universe is too infinite for there not yeah. to be the other possibilities in right. this infinite universe. It's just too, yeah. Yeah. I remember like Rogan before, you know, he was like Brogan on, on his podcast. He was sort of, <laughs> he did a stand up bit and he was talking about like, how people travel to the Grand Canyon and look in a ditch, and he's like, "Look up, motherfuckers!" He's like, "You know, we see stars. The the sky is infinite. We don't know. Like, we've never been far enough to even see most nope. of the shit. You know, he's like, to me, like the scariest places in Earth are like, or the scariest places in existence are like, you know, the infinite universe and the bottom of the ocean. Like, you know, yeah. things that we as bottom humans can't freaks, get to. Freaks me out too. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, there's, there's places in the bottom of the ocean. We don't, we've never even, we can't get to. Right. Know? Yeah. Like, what the you, fuck is in those caves? Exactly. Those <laughs> things are pretty much aliens down there, man. Like yeah, they live in a whole different <laughs> ecosystem, but and the um, things that we have gotten like pictures of and stuff that's, that's uh, down far. Uh, I mean, those do, those do look like aliens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, like I said, I don't believe, like, the culture, especially, I would say, like, the 90s, it felt like very much so, but um, I sort of wonder where, it, and it's probably very easy to do the research, but I always wonder, like, where it comes from, that um, stereotypical, like, green alien with, like, an egg-shaped head <laughs> and the black bulbous eyes, yep. um, you know, that was on so many t-shirts in the 90s and stuff, because it just sort of, like took something that I think is for real and sort of made a mockery of it in a way. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, I just, there's, there's a lot of, you know, you look at Geiger and what he did with, you know, oh, the geez. designs of the Xenomorph is, is, you know, like that, you know, even, mm -hmm. but even that, like, 
I don't know. There just could be so many things. Like, do aliens even have mouths, or do they even have anything? They could be a you know think yep. of like the blob, like that's that, or like uh, John Carpenter's a thing, yeah, or where the it thing. just takes people's you know. I love that movie. Right, and that, <laughs> you know, and you think about that, it's like it could explain a lot of like you know people doing crazy shit in life, mm-hmm. like people that are like it's a miracle or like crazy things that have happened, like or an alien took over their body. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm not sure that you know they've necessarily visited us. Um, I think there's so many accounts of people seeing things that um, I I'm not saying that it never has happened. It's you think of how many people have said and seen things to think that none of them that all of them are lying and that none of them are true is and wild. Everybody's just hallucinating, I guess. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and you know, our I think there was something in the latest. Um, like bill in the government that you know they had to release um, what they had by a certain date or something oh. uh so we could be getting more but i also think that if um and maybe the president just doesn't get those memos because i feel like if trump knew anything about aliens oh, he would have told us right like the first yeah. day yeah oh yeah yeah like the first day he would have <laughs> been, been out tweeting that shit right he, he'd be tweeting at the aliens like yeah. you know you, I'm uh, the world's leader. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would have gone after him and been aggressive towards him. So I think, um, I'd like to think it's more like in um, Independence Day where, like, even the president's surprised when he shows up, you yep. know, Area 51. It's like, oh, I wasn't briefed. It's like, well, you're not briefed unless you need to know. Unless you need to know. And, even uh, the president's on a need-to-know basis. Right, yeah. And But I also, I'm on the side. And, I mean, you could say, you know, I've, I've heard the argument that it's like, you know, if we had something or found something, um, we would know about it because people can't keep their mouth shut. But people have Which, spoken out about it for however long. Yeah, and that's you true. Know? And, we, yep. and every time someone does, we just, a lot of society. Label them crazy. Exactly. <laughs> society's like, they're lunatics. Uh, they're crazy people. And um, that's sort of this, this story of Fire in the Sky is, you know. Uh, Ooh, that was a good segue. Yeah, it's, it's a, nice. you know, based on, right at the beginning, it says based on a true story. <laughs> um, it's loosely based on a story a man told if you believe him um but it's i don't know man like to me this story is is really cool just and unique obviously because um you know they made a movie they've made several tv specials movies it was based on a book that um this this guy wrote and it's and he still speaks at conventions i saw yeah he's very popular um you know amongst the uh ufo heads i don't know what if there's a name for those people (laughs) uh extraterrestrialians i don't know but um ufologists we see some of them in the movie actually like you know they're they're, when when it comes to town like it's a big deal but uh the story of this is really actually like super simple at its core there's not a whole lot that happens um this group of six loggers in arizona um, I think it's Snowflake, Arizona, yeah, which Snowflake. is very like interesting. That you know, that, that, <laughs> that name has taken on a whole different meaning in the last four years. But um, an Arizona logger mysteriously disappears for five days in an alleged encounter with a flying saucer in 1975. His co-workers endure ridicule and contempt as they are wrongfully accused of murder. So in the movie, it opens up and it's like, just the road and it's really cool these credits and you're sort of wondering what happens this truck comes flying over the horizon yeah and i love when movies start out like that and i know i just uh, referenced uh, underwater have you seen underwater oh yeah uh, i love when movies just kick jump, right into gear just jump into it man yeah there's just no build give up. me something cool right at the beginning yeah hook me and, it, and they hook you and they hook you and it's good because it's like um we're right along with the cops and everybody and yep. that we don't know what happens it nope. doesn't start <laughs> off with the invasion we we kick off right after it and we see these dudes who are terrified 
And these are not like normal guys that are terrified. These are like dudes that look rugged and yep. tough. These and, are manly men. It's right. T-1000 for God's sake. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they fly in and um, they, they show up at this restaurant and they're all visibly shaken. And that's sort of where we kick off our story. Um, and like I said, they, they come in, they tell the sheriff their story, and then we kick back into the actual uh, story. But um, and I like how it did that. Uh, probably the first like half hour or so, uh, 20, 30 minutes, it was uh, jumping in between that and uh, the flashbacks. Yeah, and I like the flashback jumps. I yeah, like, I thought it, it was well done. Yeah, and they always had good like segues and stuff. Like the first half, like the first half of this movie, I thought was just like phenomenal. Yeah, I, I thought the whole movie <laughs> was actually really good. Uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed everything. Uh, I really didn't. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see anything going into it. So yep, didn't watch one either. <laughs> yeah, I just just other than people saying it scared them as kids, and then when I started watching it, I was like, you know, you get like halfway through, and you're like, I was like, what scared them so much? Then yeah. you finally get to, it builds up to towards the the third act, and it's like, oh shit! And now I know exactly what scared them because yep. it's fucking scared me <laughs> as an adult. But um, I'll go through a little bit of history on the movie, and then we'll we'll start talking more about the story. But it was released March twelfth, nineteen ninety three. Um, it had it was written by Travis Walton. The book was written by Travis Walton, who's the uh, he's not even really the lead of this movie. It's about yeah. him, but he's not really the lead of the movie. Um, screenplay by uh, Tracy Torme, who was actually I looked up everybody's history to oh, see what they've done. I didn't look up the writer. Um, Tracy Torme was a writer on SNL for one season, oh. from '82 to '83, so pretty good uh, timing. Uh, wrote UFO Cover Up Live, which was like a TV special. Hmm. Um, Star Trek: The Next Generation was a writer on Star Trek, which makes sense. Nice. Um, Intruders, The Outer Limits, Odyssey Five, and Carnival. So, uh, pretty decent uh, resume for Tracy Torme, directed by Robert Lieberman, who um, directed a lot of X-Files, Dexter, Haven, Eureka, and The Expanse. Those are the ones and, I had heard of. And I saw on his IMDb, uh, Mighty Ducks 3. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's, that's such a random one. Cause that's it's such like, a random one. It was, it was right after this movie, too. Yeah, because both, <laughs> both of them have a lot of history in sci-fi. Yeah. And then it's like and Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love the Mighty Ducks movies. Um, uh, I love the first two. I like the third one. <laughs> was the third one? third one was when it, it only, like, only half the movie had uh, Emilio Estevez. They went off to some, like, prep school or something. Okay. Like okay that, yeah not my favorite yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember i think first one was just like street hockey second yeah. one was like the, the, the usa Olympics. team yeah yep. yeah okay yeah <laughs> God, so that's that, second one i've seen that so many times in my life in my childhood <laughs> yeah uh mark isham what wrote composed the score he was an academy award nominated musician um who also did scores for blade the mist and a river runs through it um a lot of other stuff too but you know i'm just sort of picking and choosing things that um, listeners might recognize uh, because there's some great names. Um, yep. So starring um, D.B. Sweeney as Travis Walton. Um, Pat Robert Patrick is the lead. Oh. Uh, his best friend, Mike Rogers. We know him from Terminator 2, Die Hard 2, The Faculty, about yep. a million different things. He, yep. he sort of portrayed that um, T-1000. Yeah, 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 and he, he portrayed uh, T-1000 in several things like Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah, <laughs> yep. uh, and it's just sort of funny. He was in something else. He was in, like in a Nine Inch Nails video as a cop, too. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. So yeah. it's sort of funny, like he got, you know, typecast, but he also, you know, I hope he, he made a career out of it as <laughs> being that stoic sort of uh, stone-faced guy. 
We had Craig Sheffer as uh, the asshole, Alan Dallas. I yeah. like Craig Schaefer. Uh I used to watch the program a lot when I was younger. Yeah? Yeah, did you ever see that uh -uh. one? No. no. He's the lead in that one. It's a football movie. Well, College make... football. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it makes sense that he, I, I'm putting two and two together right now. He was in A River Runs Through It, which was yep. also written, or it had the score by uh, Mark Isham, and you know, there seems to be some of the same people working on that. Um, he was also in Some Kind of Wonderful, which I think is that... Uh, I think that's a Hughes movie, John Hughes, isn't it? And yes. I've never seen it. It's like one of the only John Hughes movies uh, that was in that's his... through. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Nightbreed. He was in Nightbreed also. Um, and then we have Peter Berg as David Whitlock, who was in... And I just thought this was funny. He was in Corky Romano. Yeah. Uh, he, he's in Collateral and then Smoking Aces. Uh, and he's also a big-time big, uh, big -time director now, too. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did a... Oh, God, he did. Peter Berg, that sounds familiar. I, I well, was wondering he's why. Done, he's done Battleship. Uh, what okay. Else, what else has he done? He's like a big action director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, The Kingdom. Okay. With, with uh, Jason Bateman. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. He's done a shitload, too. He's done He's done a lot recently. God, I can't think of it off the top of my head, though. I'm sorry, keep going. No, you're good. One <laughs> one that really surprised me when, uh, this pop, when I started watching this movie was uh, Henry Thomas. As Greg. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know, I, Elliot. I yeah, I wasn't expecting to see Elliot in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you would think he would sort of try to distance himself from, like, any extraterrestrial Elliot's. stuff after E.T., <laughs> but that guy, uh, for being a kid actor, like, everybody in that movie, him and Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore both had, like, great uh, careers after, the, after being kid actors. A lot of times... You, th you see people like Macaulay Culkin that kind of stuff like they get out of acting yep. once they sort of grow up either yep. Hollywood doesn't want them or they just decide that it's not what they want to do so it's cool to see um, him middle aged because now we know him is, from... he still, is he still doing shit? oh yeah he was in Haunting of Hill House and uh, oh, Blind Manor um, and of course <laughs> E.T. but he's he's doing some good stuff he was also I believe in um, and someone's probably going to correct me but I thought he was in Doctor Sleep I'm pretty sure, but um, oh, I've got the Blu-ray and I yeah. haven't watched it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think he's in. I'm that. having a terrible time getting Katie to watch it with me. Yeah, yeah, because uh, she didn't like The Shining very much. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I'm well, still dating her. <laughs> they, you know, everybody has their taste. That's what you know. <laughs> I, I, I imagine there's a lot of people who don't enjoy uh, this movie, but we also have uh, Bradley Gregg as Bobby. Noble Wellington as Blake, um, Kathleen Whitmore as Katie Rogers, and I recognize her from Roadhouse. Yeah, she, she plays God. the wife, and I was like, "Where do I know her from?" She has such a unique look. Roadhouse uh, she's is really, one of my faves. She's so she's so like pretty, but she's got that like um, Maggie Gyllenhaal look where she's like yeah. they don't look the same, but they have that thing where it's like you instantly they have such a unique different look about them. They don't yeah. look like any other woman, but they're they're somehow like uniquely attractive, and she is definitely that. And then I was like. Looked up her IMDb. I'm that's like, oh, good, of course. That's a good comparison. Like huh? Roadhouse, you know, like I was like, oh, of course, Roadhouse. Like I love Roadhouse, <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, God, I love Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, buddy. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, James Gardner as Frank Waters, who's the uh, sheriff who comes into town, the big bad guy who sort of goes after them. Normally, I mean, with an actor like James Garner, uh, it's hard to dislike him. He's uh, really good, but uh, in this movie, I like James Garner a lot. But in this movie, I really wanted to see Tommy Lee Jones playing that role. Like yeah. From from '93, like back when he was in The Fugitive and shit. He, I think Tommy Lee Jones like, would have been awesome in that. It role. definitely seems like something that he would have played. Like yeah. that's like a role that would be given to him. 
But I'm not sure. Maybe he was too big at the time. Because yeah, that was maybe. like when he was doing Two-Face probably. Uh, I, I, when I was a yeah. kid, Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face yeah. in Batman. Two-Face. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Two-Face and the Fugitive for me. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it had a $15 million budget and only had a uh, $20 million worldwide gross, which isn't great, but it opened to uh, very positive reviews. Like mm-hmm. reviewers really loved it. Um, Roger Ebert only gave it two and a half stars. But he had a lot of good things to say about the third act, which we will get to. And then um, the special effects were done by Industrial Lights and Magic, which, you know, one of the top, especially at the time, but still going strong. Uh, And you can tell, like, it made sense when I started reading it after. Because I I do all my research after, so I don't spoil anything. I'm like, oh, you know, of course that makes sense from the the third act. But... um, yeah, it, it's really cool because like we're we'll get back into the story now. Um, they're driving over the hill. They get to the restaurant and they're retelling their story. And it's cool. They go back and um, you know the the six of them are at this logging job. Pick them up and they take them to the site and they're working. And we do get like some a little bit of backstory there with uh, Dallas. He's getting a little bit of a, a tussle with Travis with chainsaws too. Yeah, like a, it's like <laughs> a, right almost a, almost a Mandy chainsaw battle there. That was awesome. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it sort of shows like, you know, one that these are like rough and tumble dudes, um, you know, and, and they're all riding in the same truck. It just sort of has that like feeling of, of rugged guys who all ride together and they all, you know, they take a lot of, they take a contract job and they're out there logging and, uh, they're out there and, uh, Travis is sort of like a goofball and having fun. And Dallas is just like the serious asshole, the whole movie. He's, he's, he does not like, uh, he's basically there to do his job and that's it. He doesn't want to make friends. He's not there to uh, have fun. Nope. And if you talk to him, he's just going to be a dick to you. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> Travis he's joking or not. Right. Knows. So Travis rubs him the wrong way and they have some confrontation, which is foreshadowing for the future. Um, but you know, they, they all eventually finish their day's work and they're heading home, driving through the woods and they see this like red eerie glow, which I thought was really was well awesome. done. Yeah. yeah. It it creeped me out right when I saw it. And yep. I, you know, I can't imagine. I just wish I could see movies like this without knowing anything. Like, yeah. I, of course, you know, I knew it was an alien invasion movie. That's all I knew about it. But, um, you know, obviously you see the red glow, you know, it's going to be alien, but yep. it's really cool <laughs> just because the way they do it is like a neon bright red in the horizon. And of course they think it's, they're arguing, you know, it looks like a forest fire or it looks like mm-hmm. this, uh, and so they, they, and they, yeah, they go through the whole list. It could be oh, this, yeah. could be that, could be this. <laughs> yeah, and it, and they, they eventually do get to it, and it's a UFO. And uh, <laughs> <Why not? laughs> they're all, yeah, they're all, they all pull over the truck and they're just staring at it. They're in awe, which you would be if oh, you're yeah. driving through the woods and you see a UFO. It'd be like, oh shit, you know. And and it's definitely like the the two pie tin type UFO, you know, the typical yep. one that we've seen in uh, every alien movie now, and. From what I read that um, Travis, they, they took his, you know, basically his story of what happened and, you know, they made it a little more Hollywood. Like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't necessarily think, or didn't necessarily say, he, he thought it was more of like a gold color in the, his retelling. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read the book and see more what he experienced versus the movie. Yeah, you see, know? If, we, if we had more time, I was kind of interested on picking up the book too. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like into it. I want to see, you know, what his, or, or watch some interviews with him or something because... Yeah. I would love to see the differences because you know that and it's just part of how it is if, you know, they had to, excuse me, fabricate a little bit of the story and a little bit of the visuals to make it more interesting as a movie. But, um, 
you know, Travis's dumbass gets out of the truck to check it out. Yeah, uh, why did he get out of that fucking truck? I know, and then they're and then they're they're screaming at him like, "Get back in!" Yeah, several <laughs> times. I'm like, "He's not getting back in, is no. he?" No. Uh, would you get out of the car? I no, wouldn't get out of the car. No, I would I'm be not like, <laughs> I'd be like, get the fucking gas, dude. Get out yeah. of here. Like, we saw it. Let's go. Yeah. I'd all right. Be... I got one picture. Let's get the fuck right. out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we would all have our phones out, you yep. know, trying to take pictures. But <laughs> I imagine their technology would scramble our phones or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that way. But yeah, I guess. But, yeah. You know, that, that would like probably it. be the thing. It'd be a blurry picture because of technology. But, um, <laughs> You know, Travis's dumbass gets out and he look. He gets right under the thing and looks up at it. And of course, the old tractor beam of blue light, boom, hits him. He passes out, or we assume he he dies because it it picks him up and slams him on the ground. Yep. And you know, looking back, it's like okay, his friend's sort of shitty because they're all like go go go, and they convince uh, Mike to just hit the gas, take off, and in about half or mile down the road or so. Um, Mike's having a hard time. He doesn't want to leave him. No. He wants to get out, pick him up, and his friend. All the other loggers are like, "You got to get out that's of here. His, he's dead. He's dead." That's his best friend, right? Yeah. And, and and, his, and I think uh, wasn't is be soon to be his brother. Soon to be his brother in law. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's he's clearly got an attachment um, to Travis. They also show that at the beginning of the movie when Travis climbs, comes up to the house, climbs up the house, and yep. you know, uh, kisses his sister and. It sets up so that, you know, we have a little bit of connection to Travis and feel for him. Yep. Because uh, he's a good guy. He's portrayed as the good guy in this movie. But, um... A little too good. If I'm... Yeah. If I can just critique it real quick. Uh, a little too good. Yeah. Man. They, they kind of set him up like he's, like, the best person ever or something like that. Which also made me want to read the book even more, too, to see what, like, how he portrays himself. Right. To see if it was him or yeah, if it was the writers. Or if it was just Hollywood doing their fucking thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I imagine, you know, they had to flesh it out a little bit so that we care about it. But I wouldn't be surprised more. if Travis you know, fabricated himself to make himself a little more likable. Yeah. And I, I, I would be curious too, if there was ever some kind of conflict with like one of the other loggers, like he had with Dallas, because, yeah. um, I could just imagine, you know, he was, I know, I do know from my reading that there was actually seven of them and they cut one of them out of the group oh. because they thought, um, seven would be too many characters to but follow. six is just six, enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And six is almost a little too many. Cause it's like a few of them. Well, you know. There's there's one of them I forget I don't even remember his name but there's exactly. one of them that barely has any lines and then uh, Henry Henry Thomas yeah uh, I started doing in my notes I started doing a uh, Henry Thomas lines count yeah because he didn't uh, have many no he didn't have many and I'm pretty sure he's got about eighteen lines in the whole movie yeah yeah which isn't a lot <laughs> yeah he he's sort of the quiet moody like youngster yeah. in the group i wanted he, i wanted more of his character like, right yeah uh with, with the moodiness and stuff like that uh i felt like would have if they brought more of that i don't know it might have yeah a little contrast to the yeah, other guys a little contrast yeah i agree uh when i Be, saw him i was excited and i felt like he was yeah. underused like because under, he's, a, he's a, underused yeah he's a he's a good actor but every i felt like everybody brought a pretty good performance to this like very mm -hmm. convincing i just wanted more <laughs> yeah yeah me too um and and I agree, like you said, that that Travis is a little. Um, they they put it on a little too much that he's sweet. I mean, he yep. climbs up the roof and gives the girl like a, a flower and kisses her, and it's like, yep. uh, all right. And then later, when they're uh, when him and what was his, what was Robert Patrick's name? Michael. Uh, Mike, Mike. Yeah. Mike. Uh, they're just kind of joking around, uh, and 
he says uh, that Travis ran a bear up a tree on a camping trip once. <laughs> like, he's like a superhuman man, this guy is, Travis Walton. Yeah, he's, he's got these... Uh, ran a bear up a tree? Yeah, he's got these uh, tall tales about him. Like, he's uh, some kind of <laughs> badass and really good, nice, best guy in the world. Um, <laughs> Which I he, guess you have to do. But it just... It, it, I don't know. Because he wrote the book that is that this is literally based on... It's just weird how that character is so, like, superhuman. Right. Like, superhuman of, of nice guys or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah just the, the most likable human alive. Yeah, uh, just, a, biggest just a heart. Big pick, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's, he lifted up by the tractor beam, slammed down, they take off. They uh, Eventually, uh, Mike decides, you know, I'm turning around and go get him. You guys get out of the truck or you come with me. He goes back. He's gone. Uh, Travis is gone, so now they have to try to explain this to the authorities. So they all agree we're going to stick to the truth and nothing but the truth. We all saw the same thing. Yep. Um, we don't even have to fabricate um, our story. This is what happened, and we're going to tell them that. So, of course, they get back, and the sheriffs show up, and then, you know, of course they're um, questioning them, and they think that they're nuts and that they um, are all people of interest. Yep. They're actually convinced, I think, it seems like that um, – Mike is the one, which is is strange. Like either Mike or Dallas. Then, yeah, and then there's a little a little bit in there where they think it's Dallas because they were having the chainsaw beef. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, um, it, they also show that like there's no unsolved crimes in Snowflake, so there's some pressure on their police department to or their sheriff's department to keep that record going so they'll solve this no matter what um, yeah. whether it has to be pinned on somebody or whatever they're gonna be, get to the bottom of this and. An alien abduction isn't solving it to them. Um, <laughs> How do you write that up in a report? <laughs> right. So, you know, even when Mike gets home, he's talking to his wife, Katie, and she's like, so what really happened? You know, because uh, his, his sister's there. Um, she's broken up, obviously. Like, what yeah. the fuck happened? They, they don't even believe him. <laughs> right. And then it's on TV, and it's like, so really what happened? And he's like, I swear to God, like, this is what happened. And... One of the things that always gets me in movies, and this is supposed to, is like when we've, as as the audience, we've mm -hmm. seen what actually happened, and when no one believes them, I'm like, it's so frustrating yeah. because they're well, especially they're being honest, especially Mike's character, because the way they set him up, like he doesn't joke around much, he doesn't, I yeah, mean, I couldn't see him like lying very much, like he, like his character wouldn't have made up this whole story, right? And <laughs> his the way they set up his character is sort of like more like probably what they should have set up Travis because yeah. he's likable, <laughs> but he has some rough edges. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's real because he has some troubles at home. Him yeah. and him and his wife are not on necessarily on the outs, but they, you know, um, have oh, no. real, you know, working on their relationship. I do have written down, does every movie, the main character got to be on the brink of losing their house? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah I did like, notice. That's like the go-to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have some stress there because, you know, she's worried about what he's going to do for work, um, what he's going to do after his contract. And obviously this throws a big, huge wrench in the spokes because yep. um, not only does the entire town think him and his group killed their friend, but um, also they're let go of their, their contract so they don't have work. Um, it totally turns their entire lives upside down and you know i feel for you, you feel for her and you feel for the kid and like yeah. you know everybody's family because nobody believes them but the whole group sticking together so she's like you know you chose your friends and whatever story you're gonna choose them over me because she just it's such a ridiculous story she can't possibly believe him but yeah. on the other side i'm like 
that's your husband and he's never given you a reason not to trust you before you know (laughs) believe him like and that's what's so frustrating as an audience but you know that's the good thing like that's good writing is that you know i'm mad at the audience like i'm mad at the people who are are mad at him and is suspecting of him um it's it's an interesting story just you know it tells actually is probably more so about like a small town drama um more so even like once the alien abduction happens there's a long span where um travis is missing and we're just learning more about these guys and the the um, politics of a small town where yeah. they gather after church to, to which, sort of talk well, about this. Which was cool. I just wanted more yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought it was, uh, you know, like this, the scene where they all do gather. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, at this point, the, the police keep questioning them and they're all sticking to their story. And the police are like, what do we do? Because they're all they all have the same story and oh, no one's breaking from it. The they only take polygraphs and everything, right? And, and the only thing, passing. the only thing they have is that um, Dallas at the beginning was was missing yep. from the group, um, but you know um, Mike knew where he was, so he went and talked to him. But in that, they had heard because of uh, they all told the same story that um, Travis and Dallas had a little confrontation in the woods. So that's like their one glim- glimmer of trying to pin this on somebody. Yep. So they're like, you know, they're, they're talking to Dallas, you know, oh, you, you sounds like you had a confrontation and Dallas like, yeah, but you know, I'm not going to kill the guy. Yeah. We had a disagreement. People have disagreements all the time. And you know, this entire town just thinks they're, they're just completely convinced, you know, and, and you can't really blame them because aliens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, then again, it's like Mike is such a nice guy. Why would he kill his best friend? And yep. wh- why are you covering up? And it's just a big sort of confusion amongst the town. But they, they gather after church one day to have like a town hall meeting, basically. Yep. And uh, Mike shows up and does the old like the typical movie thing where he's like, hell, my, our kids play ball together, <laughs> Travis. And Marianne, I mowed your lawn last year. And, you know, and, you know, and we go to church next to each other and I can grill out and all this, you know, and he goes on this long speech and basically calling out everybody in the room. And, you know, he's right. It's like, yeah. I've never given you any reason to... to uh, that was a good accent, by the way. ...to feel anything about me. But, I mean, he's he's great in this movie. Um, Robert Patrick is fucking awesome. Oh, like, he carries this movie on yeah, his shoulders, man. absolutely, 100% <laughs> on him. Like, he is so good. Um, and this probably would have been... I mean, I think this was 93, right? Right after Terminator Term- 2. Terminator 2 was, like, what, 92? Yeah, yeah like, it was, right like, his, I think the next role after that. And um, it's cool to see him get, like, the lead because... Terminator 2 is really great and he's fantastic in it, but he doesn't have he's a robot basically, you know. He's yep. he's a he doesn't have many lines and he's very stoic and uh this to me is like shows his emotional, he's his range, he's fantastic and you know, from this point on he got some really great leading roles yeah. and some and he got what he deserved cuz he's he shows his chops in this one. Yep. But uh like I said that scene where he goes and talks to the town fantastic love that um yeah and then you know they they uh are basically pressuring them to take these polygraph tests and that's sort of where he has a breaking point where the whole town is like you know convinced they're about to lynch the guy they're about to you know get their pitchforks out and finally he goes down to the station he's like all the guys agree and he's like you know we'll take your damn polygraph test um and they do and then they bring a guy in from uh somewhere out like out of town you know they hire some some uh expert in polygraph tests he comes and it's a big deal for their small town to hire to bring someone from the outside (laughs) and then i thought it was really interesting they didn't just gloss over i did appreciate this because in a lot of movies it would be like we brought this guy in and then they just do the test um they all question the guy which i'm like yeah that's smart they're like how do we know you're not messing with the test results 
And then um, very small town thing is he talks to one of like the sheriffs and he's like, Mike, do I have your word? You know, and he's like the big guy and he's like, yeah, yeah you know, uh, or he's like David or whatever the guy's name is like, yeah, Mike, you have my word. And they shook hands on it. And that was like, okay, Such now I trust. Town, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like, but that would be the thing. Like, in you know, in small town, it's like, you know each other and all you have is each other's word. Probably grew up together. And right. Yep. Right. But then again, it's like he was just at a town hall meeting where people he grew up around and That's lives true. around were all questioning whether he murdered somebody, yeah. his best friend. His but, best friend. <laughs> um, it was cool just, you know, that they thought it went deep enough where it was like realistic. Like you, you should yeah. question the results. They're questioning them too, back and forth, you know, like, how do you know, how do we know you're not just going to use these, um, especially at the time. I mean, this took place, it's, the, the story took place in the seventies. This movie definitely feels more modern, like definitely felt, felt more like nineties or to me, like it yeah, felt. They, they didn't dress it up like the seventies. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Some, Which, some aspects of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it, you know. You, of course, you wouldn't like, especially back then, the technology, even today, it's it's um, controversial, like well, lie detector even, tests. I don't even think you can do lie detector tests in court, right? Right. I don't think they hold up in court. Uh -uh. Um, you know, they, they only hold up on Mari, but um, <laughs> it's like one of those things, it's like, you know, back then it was probably like even less trusted, you know, and, and on both ends, it's like, and, and they struggle with it because it's like, well... You know, if we take the test and it uh, shows that we're telling the truth, they're just going to say the tests are, yep. aren't right. But if it shows that we lied, then they're going to use it against us. So it's like a lose-lose for the guys. But they're thinking, you know, there's no other way out right now to make people think we're innocent. So they do it. And then only one was inconclusive, which was Dallas. And I think it was just because he's so riled up. But then they try to use that against him. They're like, it didn't. he didn't necessarily lie, but it was inconclusive. But it, it is bullshit when they ask them, like certain questions yeah. like that don't either don't have to do with this investigation or ask them questions that are going to get them riled up. Yeah. You know, and it's like, ask me In intentionally riled up. Right. Like exactly. To rile up the person. Exactly. And that's what I felt like they were doing to Dallas for sure. And he's a hothead. He has a short temper. So, you know, his of course he's going to get riled up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he I knew, know some guys like that. Yeah, me too. And he knew his <laughs> test results to me. I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I didn't know the story, how it was going to end. So I'm like, shit, they're going to they're gonna get him, like, they're going to say he was lying about something, and then it's going to be, you know, it's, this is Dallas, he killed him, and yeah. and we're never going to get a, a, a conclusive ending. But luckily, you know, um, Mike had this moment where he blows up, and he's like, we took your damn test, um, you got the results, because they were like, come back tomorrow and do them again. They're yeah, like, fuck, fuck no, like, are you kidding me? Like, we gave them to you, you have everybody's but one, and one is only um, inconclusive. It doesn't even show that he's lying. And, you know, all of us, it showed all of us were telling the truth, so fuck are you. We, are we just going to come in every day and take these tests until, until, until uh, you get one that says that right. we lied? <laughs> exactly, until you get the results you want. Like, no, and he has every right, and I, I felt him in that situation where it's like, mm -hmm. you're definitely, cause, because we saw it, so we're 100% rooting for these guys. Like, mm -hmm. we saw what happened. We know that they're telling the truth, so to me, I'm like, the entire time, really rooting for them. Like, we need some kind of evidence and then we finally get it. Like, we finally get the call from Travis. Um, Mike's at home in the middle of the night um, cuddling with his kids. And, you know, he's having a rare night. Because he, he had been staying at, like, a hotel. And at this point, the reporters are in town. The um, yep. UFO nerds are in town. They're all bothering him. He's become, <laughs> like, a local celebrity and, and national celebrity. Wanna, his, right. his character is completely against that kind of shit. <laughs> right. And and it's cool that that you know first morning after where they meet at the diner and they walk in and mm -hmm. like everybody's following them and then they walk in and everybody stops it's like the record scratch and they all turn and look at at the guys and um, 
you know, the local big mouth has to go up and try to start shit with them and, yeah. and accuse them of things. And, and, uh, Mike almost blows up and, and hits his, hits the guy and they realize, you know, Hey guys, like chill out. Everybody take a chill pill, yeah. uh, step back. And, you know, he, he eventually does, you know, go home and he's, he's hanging at home and gets a phone call and we find out, you know, on the other end, it's, it's like a collect call. It's like, yeah. you know, do you, do you accept this? And they've been getting, apparently been getting crank calls, you know, and you would, you yep. know, they're, they're national celebrities now. So people are going to call and looking for any kind of story. So, uh, his or wife, just to fuck with them. right. Just yep. to fuck with them. And the wife assumes this is another crank call, but, um, Mike does not believe that he wants to, you know, Oh, this sounds like Travis and where are you? And I, I must've missed a point where and maybe he just assumed uh, payphone, because he doesn't. I don't remember. Did Travis say where he was, or did he? Uh, he said he, he said he was on a phone outside of a gas station. Okay. But then, as they were driving to the gas, because they went to the two different gas stations, uh, and in in the truck as they were on their way, they were asking him in one of the conversations. Uh, if uh why they were going to this gas station and robert patrick says or mike says at that point uh that that's uh, those are the only ones that he knows of gas stations with the phone on the outside okay yep well yeah i mean it was if, like a throwaway line basically but it, make, it makes sense because <laughs> yeah. you know I, I i missed a part where i i, I heard travis like saying you know it's travis and he had like a very dry voice you could tell he was something was wrong um but I missed a miss where he said he was at like a gas station. Cause then the next thing I know they're driving around looking at gas stations. I'm like, Oh, that was a pretty good guess. But you know, they, they go to several gas stations and if you were in a small town, you would, especially back then you would know which ones had pay phones cause yeah. you didn't have cell phones. Yep. So you'd have to know which ones are outside that you can use at night rather than go inside and use. And, um, eventually the last one they're at, they find him naked, cold, uh, crouched up against like an ice cooler. Um, and he has like, these creepy black eyes like in the corners of his eyes are blackened and is clearly fucked up and he's oh, yeah. he can't speak <laughs> and uh you feel you right away you looks know. like he's uh i i see a couple seen a couple like bruises or something like that too like yeah. on his face and stuff like some cut like he looks like he's he's got pretty fucked up right <laughs> and it, but but it was also like it looked it was like um like it's a weird thing of like he's been messed with but he's yeah. also not like he wasn't like beat up yeah like it was more surgical like somebody who'd yeah. been through a procedure so yeah. that's what's sort of creepy about it was like okay he's been through something but both of his eyes in the same spots were messed up and like the bruises on the same sides and yeah. stuff like it looked like yeah he had been through like a medical procedure or something you're which, right it doesn't it, it, it's all like symmetrical or whatever the word right is. that's like, the word i'm looking it, for yeah, symmetrical it's, yeah it's not like just somebody with fists just punching away at somebody's face and he does <laughs> look like he's he's had a rough night he looks like he hasn't slept in the five days he's been missing um you know and, and they've they sent out search parties and everything looking for him so you know he he wasn't hiding in the woods he wasn't you know hiding in someone's basement waiting for five days to get his fame and that's another thing that's sort of important here is like in the story is like none of these guys ever had that itch or like even showed any desire or have a history of trying to like get the spotlight they hate it it's clear they hate it when the when everybody's looking at them the town's suspecting of them they hate it so there's no reason for them to fake the story no reason at all especially i keep going back to mike but his character he's not gonna be just faking this right yeah yeah there's no and he never cashed in on it right he was i mean by the end of the movie he's pretty it seems like he's pretty like his life's in shambles right he's traumatized Yeah, yeah everything's fucked up because of it and uh 
you know, and yet they, he's never changed the story since then, even right. like, up until now. Yeah, and they show at the end like they've all taken you know several polygraph tests yeah. and they've never failed them, which is <laughs> is fascinating. But um, one thing I thought was it threw me off, and I was sort of pissed off about it at first. Is when they find him, they they take him into like a bathroom and they they're making a phone call, and you assume they're calling the police to basically be like. You know, we found him. Yeah. We didn't kill him. Look, we found him. And they call, like, the UFO the dudes. The UFO guy. Yeah. yeah. And he I comes, didn't get that scene either. Yeah. I'm like, this and is then, your best friend, and you just found him, and you and, take and him they, home, man. And they call, like, they call the guy in, and they're, like, crammed into this, like, what was that? Like, a bathroom It looked or like something? a gas station bathroom yeah, or something. Like, yeah. It was just this tiny little room. <laughs> How they communicate with just you. Stop Mr. Walton, can you tell me what they look like? Can you tell me how many of them there were? Were you, were you given food? Injection? All right, that's enough, mister. Mike, it's important the entire world learns of your experience. That's enough, Mike, come on! Look, I am asking you, I'm asking all of you, just no, let us do our I'm, job. No, you have done your thing, he's I'm not asking, asking you. between I'm me and my brother! Listen, get out of here. No, no, Yeah, I was like... That wouldn't work in COVID days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, for me, I'm like, this is your best friend and like... Of course, we are going in with it um, with years of knowledge on like yeah. you know how these people are and stuff. Like, my first thing would be like clearing my name. Like, yeah. I want to call the cop. And be like, I fucking told you so, dude. Yeah. Like, you've been <laughs> after us for a week now. And he's like, alive. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Travis on the phone. Right, motherfucker. Just, like, yeah, we're not even gonna wait to meet up. Like, right. Here's the dude. <laughs> right. And I would I would want to make sure he's there. Like I'm there when he comes and that they find out because, you know. I, and I know your friend's the most important thing, but like making sure he's healthy and, and I would call an ambulance first. Oh yeah. Make sure he's okay, but clear my fucking name. <laughs> right. Yeah. And make sure, you know, there, there's plenty of witnesses there to be like, you and then know, just walking around town the next day, just giving the whole town the finger. Or right. Something. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Motherfuckers go to the diner, sit down, order a big <laughs> breakfast. And, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just walk in with your dick swinging. But, uh, <laughs> It just that like it was just weird to me that the first thing they do was call these UFO experts. And yeah. it's funny because they gave them the card earlier in like a what we thought was like a passing little funny sort of scene where yeah. these guys approach him and they're like, you know, if you need anything, here's my card, call me. But he calls them and they show up and it's obvious right from the get go these guys are just trying to get personal gain out of it. They're they want to yeah. interview him and ask him what things look like. And um, this is where we start getting some of those very brief flashbacks. Uh, from yeah. Travis, which is is like foreshadowing. We see like you know he's he sees lights up on the, like the roof of the bathroom or something. Yeah, and something's always triggering him. Right. to have one of those flashbacks and yeah, know. he's get, he's getting triggered by just the littlest things. Uh, it doesn't seem like he can remember what happened until these things bring back these uh, flashbacks. And you know you feel so bad for him because he's, he's obviously he's been through hell and back and he can't speak. And they they finally do uh, call up the sheriff and they get him into. Um, like a hospital it looked like like maybe like a psychiatric hospital or yeah, something, something like that. Um, they never I don't remember if they ever showed exactly what it was but there's like a little old lady who's a doctor uh, and 
uh, Mike breaks into the room he's not supposed to, and uh, now that would never fly. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't even get into the hospital to visit your your mom if she's sick no, now. That uh, shit's locked down. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they they uh, go and see, and he sneaks in, and he's trying to talk to him, and we have a real moment there where Travis is like, Mike's telling him what happened, and Travis is like, "You left me." He's like, "Well, man, like we were really scared, and I'm really sorry. We took I took the guys on the road, and I came back." And he's like, "But you left me." Like if you wouldn't have left me, I would I would not be here. If you would have got out of the car and grabbed me, which I don't agree with Travis there because, uh, I mean, if he if 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 Mike had gone now or any he could have been in the same out, spot. Yeah, yeah, they would have they could have all gotten taken. Right, they could have all got knocked the fuck out and got taken. And that's Man, what, sorry. No, no, I was just thinking like I, I was like upset about it because I'm like, dude, like he one he was the only one that came back for you and he fought those guys like yeah. tooth and nail to stay there for you. He wanted to grab you and they they fought it and two like they begged you to not get out of the truck and begged you to come back to the truck mercifully like. Yeah. You got out of the truck and they screamed at you the entire time getting a truck. That was your decision. Man, you didn't that listen. Com- that's completely on you, man. <laughs> right. Like that was absolutely you, Travis. And, you know, he did one little mistake of, you know, second guessing and taking off because he was scared. Yeah. Like what would you do in that situation? You know, a lot of people got, would fly out of there. And, you got five or four or five other guys. Right. You in got the other lives to save. You. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I was on Mike's side for that argument, but also at the same time, like it's easy to see where Travis is coming from. Right. And he wasn't, you know? he didn't see what we saw. No. He right. Didn't. He, he didn't. He got a brief like retelling of the story and yeah. he's going to focus on the part where, you know, holy if he, shit. If Mike hadn't have done that, then I wouldn't have gotten taken by aliens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's sitting in the hospital and um, we still don't have his full flashbacks yet. He's getting little flashes and stuff, but they have this welcome home party for him, which I thought was one being in, it, fucked up. Right. Yeah. Welcome back from the UFO. Like, <laughs> welcome back from outer space, man. <laughs> right. Like, what, what, you know, and I guess that's a small town thing is like any, any event we're going to have like a picnic or whatever. Yeah. But, um, it's weird to have that in the first place, but second, like, uh, in his mental state, like, even if, yeah. you know, even if he came back and he was like, oh, I'm good, like, it's, like, he wasn't, he was very emotionally fragile, and two, I'm like, in, in COVID world, I'm like, oh, man, like, look at all those people, how close they are in a house, and they're having yeah. this big get-together. Dude, you remember it, parties? Yeah, I know, it's, it's so weird, it's, it hasn't <laughs> even, it hasn't even been a year, and I'm already, like, watching movies <laughs> with a different eye, but um, it is just weird to... And, and like I said, it must be the small town thing. Everybody brings over a dish or whatever. But yeah. um, this is like the a really, truly emotional move part where, you know, Mike's not there. It's clear that they've had sort of a falling out and Mike yeah. took it personal. Um, but he and, every, and everything else in Mike's life was falling apart, too. His marriage and everything. Right, yeah, and losing his job and stuff. Losing and his job, losing he, his best friend. Everybody assuming he murdered his best friend. Everybody mm-hmm. blaming him. And uh, he went through all that. And then uh, when he does find his, his best friend after five after five days, then uh, his best friend's pissed off, off at him, too. Right, his friend barely... <laughs> the only thing his friend has said since he's come back from the alien ship is like, you he's know, like, fuck, fuck you. you for leaving me. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know... I he's, felt real bad for Mike this whole movie. Me, too. Man, man, like he's the, he's like the the one we we're all rooting for, and yeah. then yeah, he finally is getting redemption, and his friend like throws him under the bus. It's yeah. like it sucks, but uh, <laughs> this is where we have a big emotional moment with Travis because he's, um, you know, he he's clearly um, not ready to have all these people at the place. Uh, he's he's having a lot of uh, mental lapses, and then 
he's in the kitchen or we don't see him in the kitchen. We just, uh, his wife is looking for him, goes and finds him or his soon to be wife, I guess, fiance finds him under the kitchen table, under the table. Yeah. And that was eerie, man. How fucked up do you have to be from something to, to, in the middle of a, of of a party for you to just crawl under the table? That's crazy. Yeah. He crawls under there and he's, uh, he's sort of having a flashback. And I think (laughs) there's something on the table. I remember it was like honey or something is dripping off the table onto him. Yeah. And it reminds him of, and that's what like triggers the memory yeah. and then yeah. we have the big flashback which is the scene the we build up for which yeah. is really cool the one we've heard about <laughs> yeah the one that this is the moment that finally scared everybody as a kid because holy shit this moment was awesome like yeah. uh he wakes up in this sort of pod um he's he's in this like fleshy pod it, it's, it's even hard to explain without watching it but he he wakes up in this fleshy pod and he pokes his way out of this like weird thin skin latex type stuff yep. and uh Finds his way out of his his like little bunk, and he he's like, oh shit, there's no fucking gravity. He's yeah, out in the middle. Zero, of this. That zero gravity room was dope. Yeah, I loved that shit. That's yeah, cool. It was disorienting because I'm yeah. like, you know, where is he? They did really good filming that scene. I thought so too. Like yeah. the design, the the art direction, and the filming, everything, because it's like which way is up and down? Because yep. the way they film it, he floats out and he's sort of like laying on his back, so it's like. Is this down? Is this up? Yep, or is they, this... Or and the this? way they filmed it, they make you feel that. They yeah. They put you into that situation. I really liked it. Yeah. For... I mean, the 90s weren't... I mean, maybe late 90s or something, but they weren't necessarily known for, like, great alien films. And the, the, yep. to me, this is, like... This, this like, third act, this, this alien invasion scene, uh, or, I guess, abduction scene, abduction. is, like, so key. Like, this, this is what we've all been waiting for in this movie. And... Uh, it's just so damn freaky. Like he he gets out of there and he's floating. He's trying to find his way out. Um, he he does. He like floats into another pod and grabs and like he grabs someone's guts. Like yeah. another like some like decaying body. Like, like a like human a that is yeah that has been like the, had the juice sucked out of him or something. Mm-hmm. That's horrifying. Oh yeah. Uh, if I was a kid like that that body there would be um, traumatizing. Yeah. And then you know he finally I mean, just just the look of the whole zero gravity room too would have yeah. been freaky as a kid. I yeah. wish I would have seen this as a kid. Yeah, actually strangely that room reminded me and this is really dumb cuz it's not a good example of um, a movie that freaked me out as a kid was Congo. Oh, I love that it, movie, it, man. You know that room where like <laughs> they get into the cave yep, and the, the yep. gorillas all over? I'm yep. like that's sort of what exactly it's like, what but they're they're <laughs> you know aliens ever or the or the corpses and stuff and um he eventually and the and the gorillas are like coming out of the little holes. Right. Yeah. 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 God, me I out. Seen like that. there's nowhere to go. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's really cool because then he like floats up and we see and for a second they had me because yeah. he floats up and he sees these aliens and they're like in a circle and they're hooked up to these like wires and they're the gray aliens with the black bulbous eyes and yep. like god damn it they they're went what, for that design yep they're what you think yeah uh, what you've seen in pop culture <laughs> yeah and then we realized those are the suits which yeah. is really cool which was really cool and i've it's seen like a twist i've seen that movies before but uh like since then since this movie came so like like that's uh, i don't know if that's like one of the first that did something like yeah that, i don't know like that but i thought that was awesome yeah i thought that yeah. was a really cool twist like they had me and then those he, are the spacesuits. That's right cool. <laughs> he realizes it and like turns one around and is empty but then in the background yep. in the, like a very blurry background you see one coming at him and it's like fuck oh, here it comes it's coming <laughs> slow and um that's where they grab him and they they take well, him down the hallway real quick uh 
the when when that happens when it like when it's all going down and stuff uh at one point travis is trying to fight back and he kicks an alien in the face you remember that part yeah like he kicks an alien in the face and that alien just like he goes back and then he just looks over over like how travis. dare you yeah and he just gives him like i'm gonna fuck you up Look, yeah i loved that man yeah like you <laughs> you just done it man yep. like, like i was i was being nice but now mr nice is gone and they they take him <laughs> And that's where we start we start seeing um, those flashbacks that he was having earlier. Yep. Um, they're wheeling him down a hall, and it's sort of like a hospital. It feels like down like a hallway. Yep, like an uh, operating room. Right, and he sees like the lights above his head, and he's he's sort of freaking out. And the aliens are pushing him, and he ends up in this operating room. And that scene where they they pull it looks like like a sheet over him, but it's like fleshy. Yeah. Oh, that, that fucking weird. freaks me out, man. Yeah. Well, and then they put it like they put it over his body too, like right, they, I don't like shrink wrapped him. Yeah, it's like shrink wrap or something. Yeah, but they put it over his body first, and then they put it over his face. Right. Oh my god. That image of him, like he sit, <laughs> he tries to sit up, and then he tries to breathe in, and it yeah. goes into his mouth and eyes. Like we all have that fear of like a like like killers will put the plastic bag over your face and suffocate you. That's yep. exactly what it was doing, and but it was fleshy, so it was even creepier. Like now I'm I'm every, all these scenes I'm like. This is traumatizing. Like you, in my friends watch this as a kid. Like <laughs> you know that 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 scene freaked me out. And so they they pull this fleshy material over his whole body, and it's sort of like made me think of those like those things they used to be able to put like vacuum bags where you put like a pillow or yeah. they try to tell you like you can pack for vacation. Yeah, and, then they, and then you just suck it out. I've got one of those actually. Yeah, and that's what you <laughs> know they it felt like this that they were doing that with it, but it was like flesh. It, it yeah. was clearly like latex or something. You know, in yep. movie magic, but um, in the movie it's really cool because it's like a skin that they pull over him and it's airtight and you think, Oh, he's going to suffocate and they cut out the, the mouth so he can breathe. Oh, uh, and that's where they start operating on him. And, oh, and, oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when they, they throw that like gel or whatever, like lube stuff uh-huh. in his mouth, and then they jam that thing. Oh, uh, I was sitting there like cringing. Yeah, nightmare feel, dude. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, like I said, growing up, like I remember even as an adult, like, not at this house, but, like, maybe the last house or something. Even adult, like, I'd be up at, like, 2 in the morning, and I'm sort of tired, and I'd be watching, like, some, some like, true crime or, you know, even, like, investigation show or, or Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. And, um, like, hearing people t- retell their stories um, scares the hell out of me. Like, yeah. for some reason, like, I'm, I'm a hard guy to scare. Like, slashers, all that stuff doesn't scare me, but for some reason, um, extraterrestrials. And, and a lot of times, like religious horror for some reason even though i'm an atheist like possession type stuff but um this is like the prime like this is what freaks me the fuck out like because we don't know what's out there so this and this was a really cool representation like i hadn't seen anything like that before um you know we had like um the original alien films where they like spit acid and they have the mouth that comes out of the mouth and then the eggs and the face huggers all stuff's really cool and I'm not saying and this is necessarily better, but... All um, of that stuff's really cool, but aliens like this, where, like, I feel like when I'm watching it, it, it like, this could happen. It's grounded, yeah. Yeah, it's grounded. This could happen. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, 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 like you said, they shove the thing in their I'm, throat. I'm never going to be on a spaceship, like, in the alien series. Right, I'm, I'm not and, going and, to outer space, yeah, but they, they yeah. came and got him from but, here. But if they, I mean, they could come here, abduct me, and shove shit down my fucking mouth, put right. latex all over my body, and, and try to suffocate me and shit. Yeah. Right, put yeah. Put that, like, weird, like, milk stuff that I don't even know what that fuck that was, but they were, like, putting, like, milk, like, white liquid and shit. Yeah. Like, milk or cum or something, like, in his <laughs> yeah. eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was, that that whole scene is just um, horrifying. If, you, yeah. if you've if you seen this movie, um, you're probably visualizing it now, and I, I'll have, you know, 
dreams probably the next couple nights. I, I seem to I don't get nightmares, but I get like dreams when I watch movies that have like like things that pull from movies. So nice. I could definitely see something like this uh, popping up later in my dreams because that just stuck out so much in my mind. Yeah. Um, that being said, this scene was awesome. That being said, God, I wish it was longer. Yeah. Like, my main beef, I feel like, with this movie, if I have a beef, is just that, like, like the run, uh, like, I would have taken a two-hour movie and what is it, like, an hour and a half? Yeah. Like, I wanted them to flesh out some of the some of the characters. Uh, I wanted to see more, a little bit more of the alien abduction uh, because it was so cool. I just wanted more from the movie. <laughs> I, thought, I think so, too, because um, it feels like for as thin as the story is because it's you know they even embellish a lot and and fatten it up for a movie it felt like we finally got to what the actual book is mostly about which is the invasion we've been waiting this entire movie to see what happened to travis and then it's very brief but maybe leaving us wanting more is, is what they're going for but um you know maybe it's just because he doesn't remember much of it but um we definitely see like the aliens are more they're like fleshy they are sort of the typical like pop culture aliens but they're done a little more but i liked the i liked their look me too they they were um you could definitely do practical effects which is cool like we don't you know it was like at that age where um cgi was not a thing yet so we did not and we didn't get like stop motion or something bad like in that when i read that you know they it was um the who did i say it was um industrial lights and magic like i was not um surprised at all just because i'm like oh these designs are really well done they're oh, yeah. they're like <laughs> tan fleshy color they sort of look like nut sacks uh they have like yeah. no nose and little tiny slits for mouths yeah. um and like little like even just maybe holes in her head for ears so were you able to did it ever like in your research did you ever find out if like like what were they were they were they animatronics were they a person in a suit i didn't hear i i want some more information on that i wonder if there okay. is like a special edition blu-ray or dvd or something out there that has because i would love to see you know yeah. more of behind the scenes of that stuff maybe like a director's commentary or something yeah would be, would be fucking tight yeah because it feels like i i there was not a whole lot of information i googled the hell out of it and most of the stuff is about um his story and about wow. you know hit the history of travis more so than this actual film and if they do talk about the film it's mostly about that alien abduction scene but they don't mention which a lot of behind the scenes stuff which makes me i mean the whole like i want to i want to get that book because uh like like you said just a minute ago uh most uh like i feel like that book would mainly just be about like from travis's i mean travis wrote it uh so he tells his part of the story so like most of the movie of this movie probably isn't even in the book because it all takes place when Travis, I mean, it's not there. Yeah. It's not there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know that in, in the little bit of information I did find, they, uh, said that the actual abduction, um, is almost all fabricated. Like his story was not as interesting. Um, so they definitely, and and maybe that's why it was so short because, you know, they, they thought his actual retelling of it was not that captivating or something, but um, I'll actually read what it said on IMDb. It says, The abduction portrayed in the movie actually had nothing to do with Walton's account. After being struck by the light, Walton remembers waking up on a table surrounded by three aliens, whom he described thusly, Their bald heads were disproportionately large for their puny bodies. They had bulging, oversized craniums a small jaw structure and an underdeveloped appearance to their features that was almost infantile which doesn't even really sound like 
right. the nut sacks that we saw. Right. The thin-lipped mouths were narrow. I never saw them open. Lying close to their heads on either side were tiny crinkled lobes of ears. Their miniature rounded noses had small oval nostrils. Their only facial feature that didn't appear undeveloped were their incredible eyes. Those glistening orbs had brown irises twice the size of those of normal human eyes, nearly an inch in diameter. The iris was so large that even parts of the pupils were hidden by lids, giving the eyes a certain cat-like appearance. There was very little of the white part of the eye showing. They had no lashes and no eyebrows. According to Walton's account, he leapt up from the table grabbed an instrument at a nearby table, wielded it as a weapon, and swung it at the aliens. They filed out of the room. Walton walked into a room with a high-backed chair in the middle and took a seat, which, why would you have a seat? Um, upon upon well, I operating... I going to have a seat. Yeah, well, I, I got them out of here. I guess uh, I'll chill for a bit. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Upon operating a set of controls, he deduced that there was he was in some sort of observatory. Suddenly, a man in a blue suit with a glass helmet, came through a doorway. When Walton spoke to him, he didn't respond. He merely guided Walton through the doorway. The wordless man led Walton through a, through a doorway out of a saucer-like object into a hangar filled with other saucers, down a hallway, and into a room that featured three more humans. Huh. Walton's questions continued to go unanswered as they, as they motioned for him to lie down on the table. One of the humans, a woman, placed a mask over his face, and he immediately passed out. All this was consciously recollected by Walton, and when undergoing hypnotic regression soon after the incident, he revealed no further information and stated that he felt as though delving any deeper would kill him. So okay. they didn't have a whole lot of work to work with, and to me, like, I almost wish I hadn't even... I don't know if I want to read the book, just because I'm like, okay, so you sat, you went and sat in a room, and then you went and laid on a table like willingly what are you willingly. doing yeah. yeah like you know okay. it seemed like the movie was more believable the way that he was like <laughs> if we woke up in a spaceship like you're gonna fight like hell and try to figure out what's going on yeah i mean not that he was doing right <laughs> yeah and, and you know i thought the you know i would i would like to think that i would do that you know of well, course yeah, i guess, I guess that's, that's true too like, in our you situation you never know what you, you do know. um and maybe you know you think i'm on I'm on a spaceship in outer space. Like it's not like I'm going to jump out of it and land on home. Yeah. So maybe I should cooperate and you know let them do their thing and they'll let me go. But um, then again, you know, in the movie he he saw a corpse of another person. It's like that could be it could have been him if he was, didn't wake up and yep, didn't fight just back. Waited. But um, <laughs> from that point of the movie, when we we finally figure out what happens, um, they they get him some more treatment and eventually it seems like we we do know that Travis you know eventually breaks from this and and slowly gets back to normal and and you know he and hits the hits the sci-fi convention uh, circuit <laughs> yeah yeah but we do have a really sort of cool uh, sad moment where he goes and picks up Mike and we find out you know we don't we don't know what happened between now and then but we we make assumptions because he goes. Uh, he's going to work in his truck and he swings by, he tells his wife, you know, I'm, I'm leaving to work. And then he actually stops and at this house in the middle of the woods, yep. knocks on the door and turns out it's Mike's house. And Mike, there's Robert Patrick with the best wig ever, yeah, by he's, the way. He's got like a big old country, like, I love country his look singer, at the yeah. end. Looks like a country singer, like <laughs> yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus or something. 
and you know, you you can tell he's um, a recluse now. He's basically hidden in the woods. And what's he say? Something like, "What's it been? Five years or something like that?" Yeah, uh, the time jump is out of nowhere. Yeah, or it was it was a two year time jump. Okay, two years. Just out of nowhere, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, like they didn't they didn't like it was just like aliens, and then boom, two year time jump. Right, and we don't even know it, and all of a sudden, uh, Robert Patrick's got wigs on and shit. Right, yeah. and we're left to assume a lot of things. It's very yeah. abrupt. Um, yeah, we it's like somehow. He went from like... Because there needed to be just a little bit more. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't kill us to, you know, it wouldn't kill him to tell us a little bit. Like, I understand that they had a falling out as friends and that yeah. he went through a lot of shit, but it seemed like his friend was found. Um, he can go home and, you know, his friend's sticking to the story. Like, go yeah. home and his wife can be like, you know, I'm really sorry I didn't believe you. Um, now get another logging job and let's move on with life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like... Mike is more traumatized by this than, than Travis, and Travis, Travis has got a <laughs> fucking moonbeamed up to the spaceship. Yeah, and like he, shit, like th- th- shoved it through his fucking uh, mouth. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of the crazy diet. Like Mike came out of the other end more traumatized than Travis, but yeah. you know he he they he picks him up and they go for a, a car ride and he takes him back to the spot that he was abducted, and he's like, "What the hell are we doing here?" And he's like, "You know, I haven't been out here since it happened." and I don't know what he was trying to do. Maybe break Mike out of this trance and be like, wake up. Like, you know, maybe he thought like taking him back would help him in some way. But to me, it's like, yeah, I don't be more know. triggering. Like, what <laughs> yeah. do you, what's your point, man? Yeah. Like, why like, would you, I'm going to take you back to the spot where both of our lives got fucked up. Right. Remember, <laughs> remember this place where, you know, it ruined our lives forever. Like, remember it, the worst time of your life ever. Yeah. Let's, let's go back there. Yeah. Let's go revisit that. It seemed like, yeah, really. Um, a strange <laughs> random thing and then I think that's pretty much where the credits roll like no that's it that's yeah. the credits man right there yeah and it's like <laughs> it's very there needed to be a little bit more right there too <laughs> right yeah and it wouldn't have like they could have slimmed down some of the other stuff and then beefed up parts like the abduction mm. and then given us a little more story at the end and you know I, I don't know it seemed like the the for a story that's so already sort of paper thin it's like really just the abduction and leading up to it is yeah. all we had they had to beef it up with uh, mike's story about them being accused and all stuff which it is you know we we do find out you know in the credits that you know they say they've taken lie detector tests and they've yeah. passed them ever since and we learned that travis you know is a big guy on the convention circuit he's like a cult favorite but um you know it's it's obvious this this stuff really you know did happen in life but it's like we're here for the abduction, man. Like, give us some more of that. And, and, uh, a little more of that. Yeah. Yep. But overall, I really did enjoy it. And it's oh, something, yeah. I, you know, I, I I sort of judge these movies, like, first time I watch them is like, well, will I own this? And I definitely will try to, like, I, I'll have to, I haven't looked yet, but I'm going to look and see, you know, what they have as far as, like, yeah. a Blu-ray. Or I, I'm, the the copy or the, the uh, print on Prime looked really good. Like, I thought visually, um, you know, I wasn't sure because, looking at the director and stuff it was like and the writer they're definitely were more known at the time for doing like tv stuff so i was like you know i don't know how quality is this going to be like basically made for tv movie that made yeah. it to theaters but no it was really good like no, it was good and the performances were really good um i did feel like we didn't outside of dallas we get a little bit there but like you know we talked about the other also, guys dallas just kind of disappears right like halfway through the movie right it's you like you never see him again right there's a point where it's like he's it felt like soon as they found yeah. Travis and it was like, okay, Dallas didn't kill him. Now we don't yep. need him anymore. Yep. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he's, with that character. Yeah. And it, it was like, you know, we, he's just basically there as a plot point for, for some of us, like a distraction for someone to pin that on for a little bit. Um, yeah. 
and the other guy He's is the like red herring of the movie. yeah his <laughs> other friend i think it was was it david was like uh you know sort of the guy that would center mike like when mike would would start to blow up on something or do something he'd stand in the middle and be like hey man like focus remember like you're a good guy and we're we're all being good people it's like oh yeah you're right you know thanks buddy (laughs) but it felt like a lot of the most of the guys besides dallas were like throwaway characters in the group like the loggers but then again it's like you're basing on a true story you can't go too far out of there and if they were they just happen to be there and they don't they're not necessarily um Crucial, crucial exactly you know they, yeah, but if they, that's the case don't get henry thomas uh in there to play the that character and right think that he's going to be a bigger character I right know. i mean <laughs> it wasn't like stunt casting where they're like you yeah. know we just want to bring in the kid from et and, and yeah, that to try to sell a couple more tickets because the et kids back in an alien movie <laughs> right et kids back in the alien movie and um yeah. terminator guys in this one like you know <laughs> but you know i was i was blown away because i will say i I can't really remember much outside of the faculty that, you know, Robert Patrick has done. And he, he's awesome in that too, but he yeah. sort of plays the same type of thing as the T-1000 because he's like, you know, once he gets, once the uh, aliens invade the school, he's, yeah, he's very on, much... He's only got like one scene probably yeah, right before he turns in the Right, he's very, and he's the same type of thing where he's like almost possessed and stoic yeah. and it doesn't change much. So it was really cool to see that. And I, I will say that I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of X-Files. And you said he was on that? I Yeah, he took over because David Duchovny left oh, at really? the end of it, the, I think the last like season or two. Okay. I'm not an X-Files expert, by the way. <laughs> but I, I had no, I, I know nothing other than the, the two leads. And, and, that then, and then he got brought in uh, basically as a replacement, just a, a different character, not as the same, okay, not but, as Mulder. Right, not recasting, but as sort of someone to yep. uh, play the lead. Yep. That's cool. Yep. So it was, it was just like, to me, it was really cool to see him get a lead role and kill it. Like he knocked yeah. it out for me. And no, he did. <laughs> I was, I was definitely like, I, I keep telling, I'm joking around with people who've, who've asked and listeners are like, there's eventually going to be a movie that you watch that you're not going to like. And yeah. they're, they're, they're <laughs> excited for me to finally. And I, I promise you, like if I don't like something, I'm going to say I didn't like it. And yeah. it's going to, it might be rough for who, if somebody suggests something, you know, yeah. that they love and I don't like it. But, um, I just love that I continue hitting like good ones. Like this is yeah. another great one that I really loved. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad, man. Yeah, I'm Do glad you, you suggested you, it. Are you the kind of person that uh, that <sighs> likes basically everything? Or I'm probably yeah. Me and Jason are a lot of because um, I'm more like that. I get I get shit all the time, especially for my older brother. He gives me shit all the time. He doesn't take any of my rec- movie recommendations. Yeah, he thinks you like everything. Because I like everything. Jason but, is that guy. Uh, but when I recommend him things, I try to tell him this. When I recommend him things, it's things that I think he's going to like. Now, I'm not going to recommend him something that he's gonna that I think he's going to hate. <laughs> right. I'm I'm probably not as bad as Jason. Like, the... Jason's known as the guy who's who screamed awesome. Like, we keep... We always say I, it on the podcast. Like, I get that on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know... <laughs> It's like when we do what we watch and we talk about what we watch, Jason Jason goes through everything. That He's like, I really, awesome. yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you liked everything. But um, <laughs> it's funny because like on Attack of the Killer podcast, some of the stuff Mike makes us watch and you'll know this next yeah. coming episode. Holy shit, man. Like <laughs> he, he always, he seems to, he tries to pick like two good ones and a stinker just for fun. <laughs> yeah. But I'm probably out of this group, like the least forgiving, but um Andy's Andy's pretty forgiving. Um, Mike and Mike is really forgiving. Like he likes some real garbage, um, and I and I wonder too if it's just like difference in age. Those guys are a little bit older than me, and they grew up 
um, at a different time, so they're a little more yep. forgiving of you know some some hokey performances and stuff. Things got you know a little better, but um, I would say you know I I probably am a little too and, and I get excited you know um, watching something new. But there there are times like I watched a movie for the first time last night. It's coming up on Attack of Killer podcast. I had to do something else. Like I was, I was like rearranging the movie room. I was so bored with it. I'm really? like, I can't sit down and watch this. Otherwise, I didn't want to get out my phone. That's like my one thing is yeah. when I'm doing stuff for a podcast, I want to at least give it uh, the attention of not getting on my phone. Because once I'm on my phone, I am not watching the movie. Yeah. Um. And so, like with this, you know, I had no problems with this. Like I never wanted to get up and do anything. I didn't hit pause. I didn't. Uh, I didn't either. Actually. Yeah. Yep. And and you it know, kept me engaged the whole time, right? Which yep. is kept me you know, I think Joe Bob's always said like the biggest crime a movie could commit is being boring. Yep. And, you know, it's like there's a lot of beautiful movies that have won Oscars that are boring, yep. and there's a lot of trash that the acting That's not sucks. boring at all, right? But it's awesome, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So like to me, yeah. I've always been like just entertain me, and this one did. Um, and I. I I think everybody's uh, looking forward to the day where someone recommends or I, or even I pick one that, that is a stinker and I talk about it, but, um, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I try not to be the guy also. I try to find I'm the glad good. it wasn't the one that I picked. <laughs> right. And, and I try to be the guy who's, um, positive about, I try to find positive in even some of the stinkers. Um, see, I agree with that because I mean, Taking a movie takes, or making a movie takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of right. Um, it takes a takes a lot out of a person, and usually it's like at least a, a year or two of their lives that they're making this movie. The filmmakers behind it, you know, um, somebody put all of that time and effort into this thing. I, w- I at least want to give it a shot. Right, <laughs> you, know? you know, I don't like to turn off movies after I've already started them. And I yeah, and I think maybe that is even like if I a, don't like it, I don't like to do it. Right. Well, you 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 know, you're a filmmaker and a writer, so you like see it from that perspective of like you know you can see what it, you know what it's like to be in their seat and uh you know you have to appreciate i always tell people that about the film festival people like you know i've had so many filmmakers approach me and they're like you know i can't believe like thanks so much for picking my film i can't believe like or i've, I've even had some people i had a dude that was mad he was like i can't believe you put my film in the block with like this other one that's really good it made mine oh. look worse and stuff and then um, I, I like, well, that director's here. So I had them like meet up and I'm like, he thinks like his film that, and the guy was like, Oh, are you kidding me? Like, I loved your film. And then it's like, you know, people just have this, like, he definitely, like we had a few filmmakers who, um, were questioning their own stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, I wish I could include everything. Cause I know how much work goes into just yeah, getting something, making something. <laughs> I have a million unfinished projects that, you know, and so. To, to get something done from start to finish and have it made and get it out there um, oh, yeah. is is a feat on its own. And, you know, I'm probably more sympathetic in that term. But then again, I see some movies like stuff that Mike will make us watch for the podcast. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, why did anybody go through an effort? You know, um, <laughs> it, and it's just so weird. Like, you know, some sometimes it's like phoning it in, you know, you see like I, the whole different rabbit hole. But it's like I think of like any of the newer like straight to video Bruce Willis shit that he's clearly doing for like a paycheck. And well, it's like, yeah, he's just doing yeah. right. And that's like, like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I can, I can, he's been on autopilot. I don't, for years, I don't so. feel like bashing. Like, I don't feel bad bashing on that. Like no. when me and Nikki watched the, no. we did the, um, the new death wish death wish. Yeah. I was like, I can, I can crap on him because he's clear. Yeah. He's just being Bruce Willis. And you know, I, I, I feel, you know, it's just, I don't, even if I, I could find positives in everything, but again, you know, it's, yeah, there, there are limits to my um, lovability 
So, yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, you, you I, 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 I am more of a positive person. I try to do that on the podcast, too. But, um, yeah, I, I def, there are things. There are limits to my uh, love. So, yeah. Um, did you have any other notes on this one? I know you have a notebook in front of you. No, not really. I mean, we, uh, we hit quite a bit of it, actually. I did see yep. that the real Travis Walton and Dana Walton make a cameo in this movie. Uh, I saw that. I don't. They know play townspeople in that big like church after when, church scene. Yeah, when two one thousands like chewing everybody's yeah, ass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which who they played in that. Um, I, I they might have just they, they probably didn't even have lines. They could have just been. There's so many people in that scene. Yeah, and like maybe they just did like a cut to them reacting to something that right. like, Robert Patrick's saying or something. Yeah, it's just cool like. You see so many times where, like, someone writes a really cool book and then a studio buys the rights to it and then they yeah. don't have that person involved. So it's nice that, you know, Travis was actually involved in this movie. Uh, he was probably the one that made himself so lovable and, yeah. you know, awesome. <laughs> but um, it, it, it was cool that, that he was involved and he hasn't come out and, like, trashed a movie like, you know, Z- Zuckerberg did for Social Network or different, you know, different yeah. people That's... when it doesn't paint them in the best light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the other only other uh, note I had was what I already talked about, how there were actually a total of seven men in the logging crew. The writers whittled down to six for the movie, not wishing to confuse the audience with too many similar characters. Yeah. Um, all seven men have passed lie detector tests, some of them twice. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. When I actually today, like, typed into Spotify, um, Fire in the Sky, there's... Not a lot of podcasts about this movie, but a lot of podcasts about um, true crime ones about like his abduction. And there's a lot really? of you know extraterrestrial podcasts. Damn, and that stuff. true crime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, I think we're in the we're both in the wrong uh, <laughs> podcast business because I know some I know a friend who just started one, and he was telling me like you know he it, he's had a podcast for like two years and then started up a new one, true crime yeah. one with his wife or his his fiance and. Uh, He's like, this already has like twice as many downloads, two episodes in, as yeah. my show that I've been running for years that, you know, I put all my effort into. And he's like, this <laughs> one, people love the true crime stuff. And, you know, this this falls I mean, into I, that. I do, too. I like like the serial killers and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I like all that, th- those kind of stories and stuff. But, but yeah, it was interesting, like so many podcasts, because apparently, I don't rem- I think the, the I'm going to botch it, so I'm not going to say it, but the original book was titled something else, like the, yeah, the Travis was, something... But chronicle or something Walt experience or something like that and uh then when this movie came out they put out a new pressing of it just like they always do um it's like a novelization of it (laughs) called fire in the sky yeah exactly and and i think fire in the sky is a cool title for this Uh, when they're driving through the woods and i saw it i'm like oh there it is that's where they get the title you know i was was wondering and the the poster and artwork for it on imdb is really cool has like the tractor beam on him yeah Uh, he's like on his knees or something and he's like you know arms up and stuff It, it definitely um evokes fear and and like uh I was so stoked when I said I have this huge list, a little peek behind the curtains of uh, movies I haven't seen, and I'm gonna make another list of movies that I love that I want to talk about. So other people, nice. you know, because I feel like people are intimidated. They're like, you know, oh, I can't pick something that that um, I think Tad would like because uh, he's seen everything, and there's that yeah. is far from the truth. Almost oh, every the... episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast is there's always at least one new movie for me. And that the letterboxed list that you sent me, I mean, there were some there were some gems on there. Yeah, I was I was completely surprised you haven't seen. Yeah, 
Uh, also, have you never hit like a, a Martin Scorsese like uh, like mode where you just want to watch all of his movies? Oh, I, I you love got his, like six of his movies. Yeah, on I was. You know, tra- really good ones too. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like Taxi Driver is in my top five movies. Like I, yeah. I love that. You know, I love his newer stuff. There's just a lot of holes that I need to. You yeah. know, and and to me, it's like freeing to put those on the list and let everybody see them it's like you know yeah. here's a here it is boys i haven't seen these and uh and what you've said in, in some of these past episodes or probably all the past episodes about uh in the film community uh all of us movie nerds we like to i mean i'm guilty i've told people left and right that i've seen this or that because i didn't want to admit that i hadn't seen yep. it and get shit about it you know it's like almost like an instinct in the, in the yeah yeah in uh, and then you just kind of like as as they're talking to you, just like yeah, uh huh, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, I, I've run into the situation where there's somebody who like will ask me if I had seen something, and if I tell them yes, they're going to spoil everything for me, and if I tell them no, they're gonna blow up and be like, oh my god. So yeah. like, there's it's like, which end do I want this? You know, yeah, do I want true. the movie ruined for me, or do I want to hear shit forever? that you know i haven't seen something so i've just decided like especially during quarantine where i have more free time and yeah. we're all sort of stuck at home like with and now we with streaming like almost everything in some way is available at your fingertips yeah. where it wasn't before when we were kids it was like oh, you nice. have to drive to a video store and, and if they have it and if they yeah. don't you're fucked like yeah. you know try to find it you know a friend if they have a vhs tape or, or you know record it off tv or find it on hbo or whatever but now we have the the world at our fingertips and everything like nothing's off limit there's always a way oh. to find something so with, with movies with music it's it's insane nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah so like i love it yeah i mean when i love that you messaged me and were like here's some ideas for the show i was like they were ranging all over from music to everything so i was trying to just throw yeah just a whole range a whole mess of, of different ideas that and, to, and, to and that's caught. great because you know um you know, obviously we've been talking for like an hour and 40 minutes and, you know, we, we have a lot in common and, um, I think, you know, obviously you're going to have to come back and, and do a music one and, and do something, you know, we have so many different movies that we talked about music, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I'm excited to, yeah, and seriously, if you ever get a couple minutes free, we want to have you on a podcast. Oh, I, dude, <laughs> we've, it, we've talked about that. Anytime, anytime. I love guesting on podcasts too. And, cool. uh, you know, I, I have nothing but time right now. Um, I actually, as of the new year, am off the Capitol board just because they have term limits on like our government, oh. which is nice, you know, so I have to take a year off of the uh, Capitol theater board. So I even have more time now. Jesus. So like, my, my inbox is lonely. I'm like, you know, <laughs> somebody messaged me. Right? I'm like, oh, a new email. And it's like, you know, uh, a sale on this. I'm like, crap, you know, it's just another junk email. But, yeah. uh, you know, right now I do have time. So um, I would love to be on your show. Um so where can people listen to your new show? Because you just started a new podcast. Uh, yeah, just uh, two weeks ago. I know uh, where I listen to it, but where where can people find it? We're on, uh, well, it's uh, Brett and Tony. It's on a Brett and Tony. Uh, and uh, we've got a Facebook that uh, people can check out. we got it, uh, as far as the episode go, it's on uh, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Um, probably more. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, when you put it up on Podbean, they'll put it on like... Oh, things you never heard of. Yeah. yeah, things you never heard of. There was we were getting streams from yeah from 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 apps that that uh, like you said I've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know crazy. Pandora was still around until they were like, hey, put your podcast on Pandora. And yeah, and for Pandora's me, still around. That's right. insane. <laughs> well, the funny thing is when I when I started this, I was like, you know, uh, okay, I'll get on Spotify and yep. iTunes. And I talked to Jason. He's like, well, you might want to get on this or that. And then I had some friends message me and they're like. 
is it up on uh, Stitcher yet? And I'm like, well, no, is that something? They're like, well, that's why I listen to all my podcasts. I'm like, oh, great. So no good aren't there. And then I'm like, well, I probably, sh- it's all this, it's all free. So get it everywhere yeah. I can, you know, well. <laughs> more, the more reach we can get out there. And of course, then you start getting emails from people who are like, you know, we can represent your podcast for this and we can reach this <laughs> yeah. audience. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's, it's great that you guys, cause like I said, you guys are like the first ones in town that I knew of, uh, that were doing awesome. this, which is really cool. Like <laughs> you were doing, you know, like I said, you had the YouTube channel, you guys were like everywhere and, um, we did that for four years, I think. Yeah. And yeah, you guys were consistently like putting out episodes and, uh, it's oh, just every, every, uh, every, every week for, for those four years. Oh I yeah. I remember about 200 episodes tuning in and you guys did, uh, reviews and talked about movies yeah. and stuff. And I was like, it was a lot of fun. Did, that was, I we did even, a news show yeah. on YouTube. For, yeah. I don't know. I remember that. And I didn't even know, <laughs> like I, back then I didn't know Jason or any of those guys. I was yeah. not even like, you know, on the, the blip of doing a podcast. Should have got a hold of us then and just been on the podcast. I, prob- then I probably should have just reached out and said, <laughs> hey you know but um yeah it's, it's so cool that you guys are doing that and uh you have two books out now where can people find information about those uh amazon they're uh, for sale on amazon.com or uh down at uh, if you're local here in burlington uh burlington by the book yeah and hopefully someday we can get back to like book signings and we can be out yeah. and, i mean we're, we're dead in the winter now and i did a couple of the book signings this uh this summer that's where that's where right. we came down and it was and nice because one. you could be outdoors yeah you know, and, yeah you know. uh still you know i had my mask on and everything like that of course but uh but yeah i, I look forward to getting back to those I mean, we don't even have the pigeon show in here in town. Right. I was going to set up a booth out there and shit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been called off, and COVID's wrecked a lot of stuff. And yeah. <laughs> you know, luckily, like you you uh, figure out ways. You know, like I said, yep. you can find it online. Um, so you're on Amazon. You said you can find the yep. stuff there. You yep. have uh, physical and uh, digital copies, yeah. right? You Any can put books. it right on. Yeah. That, that's yep. sort of the as someone who works in the print world, I understand. You know, you have to adapt and. Oh yeah, yeah. But, and uh, I think I read somewhere that uh, that ebooks anymore are for authors are like eighty percent of your of your sales. Oh really? Is ebooks over physical? Yeah, as you can see, I have like a stack of books on my desk right now. I have, oh. uh, you know, I'm I'm a big oh, actual. There's, there's some good looking books up there. Physical. <laughs> I like physical books, not just oh, because too. I work at a print <laughs> shop, but I just it's it seems like something that people love to get me as gifts, and I like to. Uh, well, if it, if it's a case where like, you know, you write something and you're going to be downtown, like signing yeah. copies, I'm going to get that rather than order online because, uh, I just, it's cool to have a physical copy from the author. And yeah. it's just something about having like a physical, like you can show proof. Like I made it and it's here, it's in my hands. Check <laughs> oh, it out. The first time I got the first book in the mail. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the best feelings I've ever had. Yeah. After having kids or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. After that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just really cool. Like like I said, it's just great to have um, more people who make things. You know, yeah. I love seeing like my friend Brian. He's putting out his writing. He's getting a magazine and stuff. It seems like um, even in these crazy shitty times where uh, things just seem hopeless, it's it's nice to see people uh, finding ways to to get it out there and get yeah. things done. And you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, so you got the new podcast, you got the books. Is there anything else? New podcast, to... new books. Uh, we're about halfway through filming a new movie. Yeah. Uh, called uh, the robot that became sentient and killed a shitload of people. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad you giggled. Is it is it a comedy? Uh, it's yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> with a lot of uh, with a lot of fun deaths, so we're we're trying to pull off and stuff. Okay. So. Is it a short feature? What is it? Uh, probably a feature. Yeah. Okay. We're just, we're just kind of we're kind of. I mean, we got a script and everything that obviously that we're going off of and stuff, but. Uh, We've been just trying to play it loose with this one, basically. Not, yeah. Not just having fun. We're just looking to have some fun. So when do you it. think that's <laughs> going to wrap up? And what are you going to you going to put it straight uh, online, or you're going to even try festival circuit? Because right now, the festival circuit's yeah. all messed up. Yeah, I don't know about the festival circuit. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We got to see if it's good once we're done with it yeah. first. You know. <laughs> yeah. Got to see if it's see worth what putting see out what there. you have. Uh, <laughs> Because we've got, I mean, we've done we've done four features before that. We've done like thirty fucking short films, and uh, where can a, people a find that stuff? Nowhere. <laughs> you don't have it on YouTube anywhere. No, I got them. I got them all at home. Okay. On, on master copies, okay. uh, the full lengths at least, uh, and then uh, some of the some of the somewhere some of the shorts are online i'm sure on the on the youtube i mean i know how to find them because you know you submit them to my festival yeah 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 (laughs) but uh but yeah i we just kind of and then uh we'll get together sometime just our gang and and just watch them because they're they're like i mean the the features that we made they were like 12 15 years ago some of them you know so they're like old memories they're old memories for us yeah it's like when when filmmakers when you hear them talking about the movies that they made when they were kids and shit like that you know? oh yeah yeah it's kind of well, like that well that's the thing that's what i was saying is like <laughs> it feels like forever ago when you guys had that that first podcast and it yeah. was like you know i think about like a taxi killer podcast they obviously were going for like seven years before i joined this year is their 10th year anniversary years, and it's yeah. like you know i just don't 10 years is is a long time ago man and you guys you guys were ahead of the curve definitely here in town like now especially during quarantine and uh i'm guilty of a lot of new podcasts are popping up and yeah it seems like everybody's got podcasts and and that's okay man like the more the merrier i love you know there's something for everybody out there so i gotta throw the credit uh actually on that on that uh on the new genre the old podcast that we used to that, that we did years ago uh that that all goes to tony i thought it was a weird fucking idea when he brought it to me yeah yeah and he said uh let's let's start a podcast and i was just like uh yeah that sounds weird of course this is like eight years ago now, right seven or eight years ago but yeah i was just like man that sounds like is anybody gonna do people listen to that shit yeah. you know now i listen to podcasts when i'm at work every day basically all day eight hours a day yeah know? me too <laughs> exactly what i do and and it's crazy like you know i never would think certain topics but like you know, I listened to a podcast, like a, com- a podcast run by a comedian called High and Mighty this morning. Like, it's my yeah. Thursday. I have my Thursday shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I went from, like, <laughs> you know, High and Mighty's talking to a woman about um, getting swole. Like, they're talking about working out during quarantine. And yeah. then the next one goes to a Say by the Bell podcast. Oh, the which, Zach from the Future. Exact to the Future. <laughs> yeah. And then went into Ceylon, which is a podcast about the Beach Boys. Nice. And each episode is dead, like... They've, this is part nine of Smile album. One album, part nine of one album. Jeez. And I mean, they dig deep and it's like, you <laughs> and know, they're, and they're going through all the albums. Yeah. Jeez. And and you think about like, you know, there's some, there's a crowd for everything and they're very <laughs> popular. And it's like, you know, you would, I tell people that they've been covering albums and like, they do like a two hour episode on one song and people like, how's that possible? And oh, it's, it's like, possible. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> with like, a, hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the history of something that big, you know, is, yeah. is really cool, but it's like. I just love that there's something and, and there's always a landscape like for everything. Like 
well, I mean, there's limits. I don't want to, you know, promote like, yeah, there should not like fuck Nazis if you have a podcast, fuck off. But yeah, uh, right. you know, I, I, have, I have some fr- some I'm other sure friends there's, uh, nowadays. Oh I'm yeah, sure oh absolutely. But I have like a friend, some friends who just started a podcast about traveling and and ha- like visiting paranormal oh, cool. spots and stuff. Uh, they, their show oh, goes nice. up as of recording. This goes up tomorrow, so it'll be up uh, before we start uh, before this drops. But yeah. it's it's just really cool to see people who. What's that one called? I'm trying to remember the things. We will see. I think is what it's called. The okay. things we'll see. Uh, I'm check it out then. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Lake and and Chance, and they uh, have been doing some really cool stuff. Like they uh, take like if somebody wants to adopt a dog and they're across the country from the rescue, they'll drive the dog across the country and, and like stop wow. at spots and stuff. And so they, you know, it's, it's sort of a travel, and they they check out paranormal stuff. And so, uh, you know, it's just I, I always tell people like you know when people find out you have a podcast, I'm like, everybody can have a podcast and yeah. you know, the more the merrier. Really. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, and I love having, having, you know, cross promotion and having people on. And that's like with the, the podcast network, we're bringing on different shows and, and just hearing different perspectives and, yep. uh, you know, just, it's, it's cool. Like my friend Michael just started his, this is podcast name taken. Um, been loving that. He has, you know, just insanely different guests every week to, on a completely different subject every week there's not, almost not even a theme and i love it because mm-hmm. it's uh you never know it's like a grab bag but every episode is great so that's kind of what we do on the uh brett and tony podcast we just uh we have one set topic for the episode but like that's just what we come in with like uh we usually like we'll we've recorded a couple episodes now uh, i saw sleepaway camp it dropped today or yesterday yeah uh, yeah wednesday okay wednesday um but uh but yeah besides the movie ones just the the normal brett and tony ones that's just like like this uh the the one that that we put up so far is it's about vices we all just came in uh with some information about vices and then we just kind of go off Go off tangent, topic, yeah. basically, yeah. Like it's fun to just come together and just yeah, see where the conversation goes, you know. Exactly. And it goes into some crazy places sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's what's that. wonderful about podcasts. Like I've had people reach out and say, you know, I loved your show on this, but I found the conversation between you and the guest um, before or after to actually talk about the movie more relatable. Like, no. you know, uh, and so you know, we're all humans, and right now we're all sort of you know the communication and, and socializing is at a minimum so uh it's just nice so to fucking weird yeah yeah it is a weird time and we're all struggling to get through it but it's just here it's nice to hear that other people are in the same boat as you but also that they're pushing through and like i said it's, it's great that you guys are creating and yeah. it seems like more people are creating and finding new outlets to uh get that out of them so yeah oh yeah oh yeah did you have anything else you wanted to plug before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, no, uh, but uh, my friends, uh, the ones that uh, I do the podcast with, uh, Abe says that uh, he gives this movie a two out of five. Okay. He watched it years ago, and uh, he's apparently not on board with this movie. What would you give but, it? Uh, I would give it... God. I'd probably... I'm going to give it a four out of five. Because... I really liked what they did. Like I said throughout the episode, though, I just wanted more on certain things. Which is um, a good thing because exactly. it's like, you know, it was good enough that you want more of it. Exactly. You don't want so, more of uh, Leprechaun 4 in space. Uh, I mean, I could do with uh, any kind of Leprechaun, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But, uh, and then Tony uh, from Brett and Tony, he uh, said that he rewatched Fire in the Sky last night. Uh, cause I told him I was going to be on here talking about it. He said, 
uh, thought the effects hold up. Forgot how scary that alien table scene was. Absolutely. Uh, and then he said, in an alien abduction movie, how am I more fascinated and confused by the lie detector scene, though? Yeah. So that's what that's his his two thoughts or two uh, two notes on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say I would give it maybe. I'm going to get like really technical, like a 3.7. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Going to decimals. <laughs> uh, I, I watch pizza reviews from uh, Barstool Sports every day, and he, he does it on like a decimal. He gets really specific about the pizza. So, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of adapt that in there. But yeah, I, I loved it. I, I agree with you that I wanted more, but that yeah. to me is is a sign of a good movie that um, yeah. I did not want less. Like I, so many times I watch a movie and I'm like, they could have trimmed 15 minutes out of this and it would have been tighter. But um, oh, yeah. this definitely like, I want, I want some more alien abduction stuff, but it, it freaked me out. And uh, yeah. this will be something I'll push to other people. Um, my friend Michael just recommended one the other night or the other day called the McPherson tape. And it's like an old um, alien movie that's that's like found footage before found footage was like a thing. Okay. And before Blair Witch. <laughs> yeah, and it was um, like another thing, sort of like Cannibal Holocaust, where the filmmaker had to prove or like people didn't believe him that it was a movie; they thought it was real. No. Yeah. So uh, that's one I'm excited to check out. Now I'm sort of in that like alien mood after watching this. I do that. I get in, I get in like in phases where yeah, where I'm like, okay, I watched this, and now I'm like, I want to watch Unsolved Mysteries and find some stuff, you know, some more alien abduction stuff. And now I sort of want to check out X Files and you know uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. So um, that's a good sign that it got me like it didn't turn me off from it. it actually, had the opposite. So yeah, yeah, I. I I definitely we both seem to recommend Fire in the Sky. Like yeah, I said, it's on Prime. It. If you don't have Prime, um, I don't know where else you can rent it. But if you don't have Prime, you know, good for you for not supporting Jeff Bezos. But um, uh, I try to get rid of Prime. Oh, you can't, I try. Man. It's but then, but then it's like I have to order something, and then it seems like every time I get rid of Prime, and then I go to order something, it's like, hey, you can pay twenty bucks in shipping, or you can pay now ten yeah, bucks for exactly. for Prime, yep, and yep. then he has us all by the balls. God, it's just yeah. too good of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I said, I try if if. The other day, I and, and we won't go too far, but the other day I was like going to buy my sister a birthday gift. And I was yeah. like, you know, she has an Amazon wish list and I saw the book on there and I'm like, I work right around the corner from a bookstore. Book so I, I <laughs> on my lunch break, I walked and I turned the corner and it took me two minutes. I walked in. Did they have it? They had it. Hell yes. And I was like, <laughs> right off the shelf. Yeah. Chris was like, oh, I asked He's him, like the nicest guy. Oh yeah. I love Chris. And he was like, you know, I, I pointed, uh, I was like. You know, it's Ellie Kempker's book from, and he's like, is she from The Office? I'm oh, like, yeah. Office, and he's yeah. like, oh, it's over in the comedy section. So he went over and picked her off the shelf. Yeah. And then while I was in there, I saw Russ Fry's brother, Ned, wrote a book about 34 Raceway history. Oh, and my, I love Ned. And my, <laughs> um, my dad's huge into racing, so he's hard to buy for yeah. in his birthdays in a couple months. And I was like, I'll grab that. And then I saw the new issue of Horror Hound on the shelf. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, I went home with a whole bag. This is why I don't come in. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's also, you know, like I, it's something about shopping local. Like I went in there and yeah. I couldn't do that in Amazon and they, yeah, they yeah. got me. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's just cool that you can do that. But um, yeah, check out Fire in the Sky. Check out um, Brett and Tony's podcast. Check out, you know, uh, check out his books if you, you know, are into spooky stories. Uh, the yeah, the Grindhouse right. double feature is really cool because it's two stories and two books in the one book. Yep. So you get more bang for your buck. Um, like you said, available online and at the uh, local bookstore. Yep. So it sort of circles back around. So uh, thanks so much for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I, I can't wait to have you back for some of these other ideas we talked about. Um, and and, I'm, a, I'm a regular listener. Uh, I love this podcast that you've been doing. I appreciate uh, it, keep man. Keep it up, please. Thanks so much, man. Uh, and we'll see you next time on 
First Time Podcast. Thank you again for listening to the First Time Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and give us a like on Facebook. Follow or subscribe to the First Time Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. A huge thank you goes out to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. Last but not least, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone else who might enjoy it. We appreciate your support. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening